This is Riley Cote, and you're listening to the Sheriff Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to an exclusive episode of The Sheriff. Guys, today I am very excited to have one of my incredible idols with me as a guest today. Now, this gentleman currently is wearing one of the coolest hats I think I've ever seen. But what I was going to say is he's a man of many hats. He's a player, a coach, analyst, philanthropist, author, friend, father, grandfather, but most importantly to me, he's a legend. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Steve Ludzig, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Doing great, my friend, and that segue with hat is unbelievable. You are on your A game, I can tell you that right now. But thanks well, for having me on the show, and, and I've heard so many great things about your show, from Don Cherry all the way through, and, it's, and I'm really, really privileged to be on the show. Ludzi, I'm privileged to have you on the show. I've wanted you on the show for a long time. And there's for many reasons, Luds. Like on, on the Sheriff Podcast, what we try to do is we try to use the platform to create awareness, first and foremost. Secondly is entertainment. Steve Ludzig, you are the perfect guest for the Sheriff Podcast. You know that, right? You're the perfect guest. You know, you're only good as your leader. So you're going to take me into uncharted territory and I'll have to answer the questions and we'll get a little controversy and we'll have a lot of laughs. I can tell you that we're going to have, like, we know a lot of the same people. Uh, you had to scrap a few of my, my, my people. And I'll tell you what, they have a lot of respect for you. Alex Penner, one of the toughest hombres this side of Texas. And I heard you had a big boat with him and great kid like he was like like my one of my sons almost that's how tight we are our families with him so there you go yeah man penner me and penner have a pretty good connection ludzi because he has a brother that's actually the same age as me okay and we yeah and we grew up together andrew penner and so so we grew up together and alex was always this this little kid that was trying to hang around and we were always like Pens, yeah. get your little brother out of here, man. Like, we're trying to pick up chicks. We're trying to, like, this is in high school, right? And there was always this little guy, because he's four years younger than us, right? Um, so, anyway, he grew up to be a monster. He grew up to turn into Weapon X, right? One of the toughest professional hockey players in his age group, I believe. I saw him play Junior B, and it was atrocious, some of the things that he got away with doing there. Guys are literally petrified of him. Like, just nobody's <laughs> – bother him too much oh, yeah, keep going your way just keep, there's a pass go on there you go there you go yeah good so kid. he's he is a great kid Ludzi, but he's had nothing but great things to say about you my friend you and your son steve jr and ryan like he loves you guys right where where was it that they played together Luds? niagara falls canucks junior b team that's what, that's where it was hey eh? and, and and alex was, he's got some skill like he's just not a, 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 a Dustin Derby's off. He's 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 filling that too, which uh, which endears him to anybody that likes him. Hey, I had some great guys. Banksy, you had on your show, Darren Banks. I just love him, and uh, and I want to before I uh, before I go off, Sheriff. Uh, I want to thank you 
for what you did for my golf tournament, the Steve Ludzik uh, Celebrity Golf Tournament. You were a star among stars at the at the golf tournament. Uh, I love you for that. Um, we had a miraculous turnout, and it all goes to my foundation, which we can talk about later on. But I want to thank you very much for what you did to help promote it. And you were uh, you were beautiful at the golf tournament. I mean, Paul Coffey loved you. Did he really? Because okay, well, well, first of all, very quiet. He's just very quiet. Okay, right on, Lutzy. First of all, I, that that's a that's a big honor because I just felt special just being a part of the of the group, right? Yeah, so I was I was appreciative of being of being an invite, being able to come. I love that day. I'll never forget it. And man. You know some really cool cats, Ludzy. You brought in some cool dudes, man, to that charity tournament. Yeah, I did. And, and, and most of those guys, Sheriff, have been uh, with me for 10, 11 years. That was our 11th year of, of the golf tournament. And we didn't even really going to have it because of COVID and that stuff. Um, but the people support us, businesses support us. And, you, and we can't do it without guys like you forging the message for us. On the, on the internet. Uh, you know, me, I can't even turn this thing on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear you, Ludzi. But uh, honestly, dude, the, the golf tournament for me, and it was interesting because every guy that I met at the tournament, Luds, they always obviously had their own personal story of how they met you, what their connection was to you. And it was just so amazing to hear all the different stories. Like, like You mentioned Darren Banks, man. Like I started oh. talking to Banksy. We talk about that Detroit Vipers team. I end up having him having me on my show. Ludzi's the coach, man. It was the most incredible stories I've ever heard, man. Yeah, there were some great stories. You know, great, great character guys on that on that team. We never had a guy. People don't know that we set all the records for three, four years in the IHL. But we never had a guy in the top ten scores of the league. It, it's it's crazy. Like we just played a great team game. We loved each other. We had, we had fun. I remember one time when Tyson was fighting, um, uh, I want to say Holyfield. Holyfield? And, 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 and we could go to, we were in Cincinnati. I said, hold the plane, hold the plane. I want to take the guys to watch the fight, close circuit. Come on. And my jail was going, let's you sure. I said, that, that, this would be a good team bonding thing. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and I think that was the night that he bit his ear or something like that. <laughs> that was an entertaining bout. Yeah. But I, I've been fortunate, and, and uh, I know uh, I loved your style of hockey because you were a crusher. You never thought you were an usher or a rusher because then you'd be an usher. You're a talented guy, and uh, I love the way you played. And I, I'm not waxing apples, but you did a job that not many guys could or would do. And you know, uh, I talked to Dave Schultz today. And okay. Dave, yeah, and there would be a good guy for you to have on your show. But, um, He's a he's a tremendous guy, and he got talking with Billy Goldthorpe about fighting techniques. And Goldthorpe was talking about how you know the original Ogie Ogie was a tremendous guy too. Oh yes. And um, any which way uh, he's talking about his technique. Schultz says, "I just grabbed my left and swung with my right. I didn't worry about any technique. You never worry about that." <laughs> well, those are only the toughest of the tough that can do that, Ludzi. The rest of us have to protect ourselves, man. I have seen some of your bouts. There was a lot. There was more than protecting going on there. There was <laughs> maybe a little bit. I would say the toughest guy. You know, toughness to me. It's it, 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 it's not necessarily fighting. 
It's because um, not everybody can be a good fighter. But it's being tough along the wall with with 30 seconds left to go in the game and getting it out, taking a slash in the last minute of the play, of, of the game to eat it so the other guy's going to the penalty box. That, there's different levels of toughness. Fighting toughness, Ben Wilson, my old teammate in Chicago, was probably the best that I ever saw. Really? So yeah. You know why? Because you, after you, you, after you, he didn't, he wasn't imposing physically. He was a, a angular guy, I'd say. He had no muscle on him, really. And um, I mean, if he was in a restaurant or a bar and he slapped you and told you to move down a couple of step, steps, you, you would, you'd go, get out of here. By the time you hit him 10 times and his hair didn't even wiggle, then you knew you were in trouble. Yeah. Wow. Then you knew and, you were in and- trouble. And the reason why that's such a big statement to me, Ludzi, is because, I mean, your time with the Chicago Blackhawks, I find that you played with some of the more famous tough guys that have been known. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I, you know, I, I, I played with uh, Al Secord, Rock, a.k.a. also known as uh, Rocky. Um, Kurt Fraser was a very tough, tough. We had, we had a tough team in Chicago. People don't realize. Realize. That was our one of our strengths that we could hit you and 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 some of those series against Detroit and St. Louis and Minnesota that was damn good hockey back in the eighties and then Al Secord called me he was watching a tape of us playing the North Stars he goes Levy every check was finished now I, I I think the players today are much better athletes better coach better conditioned than for sure. But I don't know if they – I'm not quite sure they had as much fun as we had when we played. It's, I, I, that goes for you too. <laughs> Let's see. I, I can guarantee you what that statement that you said is true. You yeah. had a lot more fun than me, my friend, and I had a lot more fun than the young guys today. I can guarantee that, buddy. <laughs> like you – Tom Lysiak after a game. I mean, there was another great – you know, he just got named the, the most um, under underrated – player in the 80s. Well, Tom Lysak was one of my best friends, Polish guy, a centerman, and just a, just a great guy. You weren't going to see Tom Lysak drink one of these milkshakes after a game. When we finished in Chicago, this is hard to believe, Sheriff, when we finished in Chicago in, in the 80s, you went to your stall and there was three beers, Budweiser, King of Beers, as the Boston people would say, King of yeah. Beers, yeah. sitting in your stall. And at that time, I didn't drink. So I give my three to Tom Lysak. And so he'd have six before he left the Chicago Stadium. <laughs> and uh, just, to, the, the, you know, we didn't, we didn't know that beer was bad for you after a game. It was actually a dehydrator. You yeah. didn't know that. Who the hell cares? <laughs> Nobody knew. That's the thing, Ludzi. Like, everything that's come along, like, with the game, you know, the, the concussion awareness, you know, the, 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 the how to treat the body. Like, just think about all the priorities of a guy getting ready for an NHL camp now compared to 15, 20 years ago, it's completely different, Luds. It really is. And, and guys are like, you, before you went to training camp to get in shape. Like, yep. to, and they, and they get you there and they skate you out from nine o'clock in the morning till four o'clock at night. And then they came in with rules saying, can't have these guys in house more than three hours. So then they really, then they, then they upped the intensity and uh, why that, a lot of guys that that intensity because they didn't like Tom Lysak, he did not do a thing in the summertime. Like he made cut back during the season from uh, around training camp, cut back his cigarette intake. But you know, back then too, it's hard to believe too, Sheriff. I, I'm sitting there thinking, man, oh man, I sound ancient, but I'm not. 
but the guys could smoke in the dressing room. And at least half the guys on the team in Chicago smoked cigarettes. And they just pop them out. And our general manager, Bob Pulford, he smoked a couple packs a day. And, and you'd always tell when he had a rough day because he, he had a cigarette and he'd be scratching his white hair and it'd be all nicotine stains all through his hair. <laughs> yeah. But um, guys wouldn't even hide it. They just sit and have a, have a, have a dart. You know, and um, but that's the way we didn't know anything anything different. Some guys have a big chunk of chew in their in their jaw, spitting that crap all over the place, and um, but we never thought anything of it. Did did did, did you ever chew, Ludzi? Did you ever did, do the school? No, I had trouble. You know what? These teeth, although they look per, per, they're they're most of them are fake. <laughs> I would have been, <laughs> been in big trouble. Was uh, I've been like a like a jack o' lantern. If I had to chew tobacco and I never uh, smoked, I, my father smoked four packs of cigarettes a day. So I saw that it's not, you know, it's not, a, it's not a healthy habit. Yes. No, I, I hear you, brother. Ludzi, one of the things that I love to pick the brains of my guests is their beginnings. Because I feel that like, especially guys like you that are high character guys, a lot of that is formed in childhood. It's distilled in them from early times, Right. I want to talk a little bit about Etobicoke, buddy. I want to talk about growing up in Etobicoke. Great Etobicoke. Well, I my I was born down in the Lakeshore Mimico, and my parents moved out when I was about four or five to Markland area, Markland Woods area. And uh, I had I had four best friends: Johnny Kirk, who I think you met at the golf party, the big guy for Warrior Hockey Sticks. Yep. Uh, all my friends were athletes. And, um, you know, I, I grew up playing with Paul Coffey and Randy Cunningworth. I think Cunningworth coached you, didn't he? Yeah, Cunny's my favorite coach of all time, buddy. Hey, I, I, I can see why, because he's a, he's a heart and soul guy. And he was a good, good, good hockey player. We played lacrosse against each other when we were kids. And I, I think where I get the competitive siege from the side is from my father. Uh, he was he was he was a hard ass, but I seemed to see you know it, it never really bothered me, and I led the city of Toronto in scoring six years in a row when I was a little guy, and when I first won the scoring title, I got a nice plaque in the mail, and uh, it said to Steve Ludzik, leading scorer of the NTHL, 51 goals, 20 some odd assists, not paltry notices. From that moment I got that trophy, I knew I was going to be a national hockey player. Really? The next five years, I led the league in scoring, and I never got another another trophy from him. And I thought, what? That's you know, tough. You know, not thinking. I went to my dad before he died. Dad died at 50 years of age, and he he's a big man, but he he was was lost about 100 pounds. I said, Dad, I got to ask you, was that you that sent that trophy to me? And uh, he said, Yeah. That was me. Wow. He goes, I just wanted you to know that you, I, I thought you just needed a little bit of boost. So that was my father. He knew when to pat on the back and knew when to kick my ass, too. Wow. That's, that's yeah, really that's, special. Yeah. You know what? And, and um, when he died, he died. He, he lived long enough to see me play in the National Hockey League and then passed away uh, on Halloween night. And when he passed away, I lost my harshest critic, but my biggest fan. Yes, yes. God Absolutely. bless him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. But that's where I get it. And, and, and I just brought up um, just uh, my mom was an angel. So she got to balance my father. I'm a I'm an exact parallel of my mom and my dad. Um, what were their names, Ludzie? My dad, his name was Ted. He was po- first son of Polish immigrants. And he was 18 years old and he was a bush pilot in the Arctic. He left home to be a bush pilot in the Arctic. So it tells you, you know, you don't make mistakes up in the Arctic. You're not coming back. <laughs> My mom was a nurse for 35 years and uh, retired now. And anybody that's met her, she's an angel. And I have a sister that just retired as a, as a nurse, uh, Karen, and um, she's one year younger than me. But um, that's, that's I, I think that's the goal is way you brought up. And um I was a competitive kid by nature, just a competitive kid, and I didn't want to lose. I wanted to win so badly, and, and that, that's where I formed my greatest. Paul Coffey lived in Malton. I lived in Etobicoke. Yeah. I didn't know he came over to our area, not to make friends with us at first, because he heard there was a lot of ball hockey action. And my ball hockey team, I don't know if you can go to this, if you want to, want to see about a ball hockey team that we grew up as kids. Um, the Markland Rodgers in the in the, um, the, the, the the tribute is called Next Goal Wins. Watch that and you're gonna get a good idea who who I am and and that that'll tell a lot of the story because those guys were my closest friends and we claim we were the greatest ball hockey team of all times. But you remember that was during the Ali day when Ali used to brag and all that. So that was kind of a but we won we won a couple of North American titles. I was the goalie, Lucky Luds. Lucky Come Luds on. Was, yeah, I was a goalie. You were kicking um, the boat, man? I was kicking the boat. We had the old, I had the old leather pads. <laughs> and we were we were very good. We won a couple of Canada-U.S. championships. And it was, at, like Steve Armour says in my video, the, the, the tribute, some of those ball hockey games were more vicious than NHL playoff games. Like, well, Armour says, hey, I was, I was nervous while playing these ball hockey games. There's guys coming off the off the off the floor that weren't intended to, to stick out with the ball. They were intended to hurt somebody. Ludzie, it's interesting that you brought up this ball hockey because, man, I have recently really learned the competitiveness of the ball hockey right now. Like oh. I I met George Spiros, who's the you know the president of of Ball Hockey Canada. Yeah. This was at the primetime sports entertainment conference that Trevor Whiffen invited me to, and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Trevor, another one of your buddies, right? And man, George was explaining to me about Terry Ryan, Ryan Burroughs, all these guys playing ball hockey, getting into better shape and making their NHL clubs. Absolutely. And the thing you get, Sheriff, the thing you get in trouble there is because we played in the 80s. We were, we're, we, we, um, it, it's, it's great to see when we always said we were the best ball hockey team around. Then we had to go prove it and we entered a couple of turns and we won them. But you got NHL guys had to watch it because the other team had guys that this was their Stanley Cup. So like yeah. like London, we played London. Dino Cicerelli was a big star on their team. We would play um, um, other teams. I'm trying to think who the guys that were played. But there was a lot of NHL guys playing back then. But you had to be careful because your contract would be if you got a knee or injury or serious injury. Yeah. You might, your contract might be in jeopardy, which is tough to say. But we had a, we had on our team coffee, Stevie Gatzels, who uh, played in the National Hockey League, um, uh, myself, um, Mark Osborne, who was a really good ball hockey player. And we, uh, I tell you what, I think we only lost a handful of games in 10, 15 years we played. 
Jeez. Man, that's we didn't, impressive. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't leave the ball hockey surface quietly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ludzi, I wanted to ask you a question about from when you were younger. I want to ask you about the Quebec Pee Wee tournament. Okay. Do you remember going to that tournament as a Pee Wee hockey player? You, you played for the, your MTHL team yeah, going there. Which was owned by Johnny F. Bassett. Whose family owned the Argos, the, the Leafs at one time, uh, CFTO. The, the, he, he was he he owned our team. I do remember. I do remember that tournament, the the the, the Vive la Pee Wee Carnival. Vive la Pee Wee Carnival. A lot of guys discover girls in that. And my best friend, <laughs> I can still I can I we were just talking about this the other day, and he's I said I bet you I can name that girl that you were kissing up in the thing here, and I named and I was right. <laughs> That tournament, and and I remember um, um, that's first. I, I I'd run into Gretzky a couple of years earlier. He was a big scorer out of Brantford, in 375 goals. I was a big scorer out of Toronto. I had 75, so that's a big difference. Yeah. But we ended up beating Gretzky's team at the at the Brockville the first time we played. And after the game, I went to tap him to say, "Hey, man, you're unbelievable." But he was so emotionally distraught. He he had not lost. That was where he got. I mean, you're not going to lose as many games. One of your one of your guys getting 14 goals a game. <laughs> I know. And they yeah. had they had uh, they had they had Greg Stefan in that. They had some NHL guys. Yeah. Eventually NHL players. But what, what was the Quebec tournament? What would you want to know about that? No, I just I I like to ask my guests. I just I was doing my research. I saw that you participated in it, right, Ludzi? And for me, it was my most memorable tournament as a kid. And I, I always like to ask my guests, like like whether their experience with the the Quebec Pee Wee tournament. Well, I I, I remember um, that that we lost in the semifinals, and we should have won, um, but uh, um, arena was that, packed. We had the Toronto Toro sweaters, like that was our replica. And, um, oh wow! Yeah, they were beautiful looking sweaters because you were owned by John Bassett, who owned the Toronto Torals. And the and yeah. um and 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 I, and I had a lot. I personally thought I was going to be a lot more dominant. But what I do remember with this is that Gretzky, after one of his games, I think he scored fourteen or fifteen goals in a game against Texas, and um, he was getting off the ice, and people were trying to grab his glove, steal his stick. Anything they could, it was like the Messiah had arrived, and these people knew it. And I remember poor Gretzky had a hell of a hard time getting off the ice in Quebec Hall. See, 13,000 people watching the game. Yeah. But, uh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it, was, it was fascinating. But uh, you know what? Uh, I think I, what we won uh, four city championships uh, in MTHL. I was talking to my best friend today, Johnny Kirk, out in Minnesota. And we believe we lost. I thought we never lost a game in two years. Won two city titles. To, you know what I'm talking about? The city, city. Yeah, MTHL. oh yeah, yeah. I played in the MTHL. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, sure. And um, we won a lot, and we won the uh, every, every term. We never lost. He said we did lose a game to, to Mississauga. Won the, that was the McCunnyworth team. But Gunny. Um, Gunny, yeah, and he could throw them pretty good. Eh, when we were kids. Yeah. Him and I were him and I were like a cobra and a mongoose. We're after each other's throats all the time. And I think our dads are after each other. I'm not quite sure. I think there's a, co- there's a competition. They're pretty good. <laughs> Ludzi, have you, uh, do you know about Cunny right now? Because I recently was, 
and I'll explain somewhat in contact with them, right? Like through a third party. Are you aware of the lifestyle that he's currently living? Because yeah. I would love to tell you if you don't. <laughs> love to. Tell me. Okay. So Randy Cunnyworth, you know how he's a simple guy, right, Ledzi? Like he never needed that much to be happy. He just needed, you know, his family and you know what I mean? And he's good. So now that he's retired and everything, apparently I, I talked to Greg. I talked to Greg, his son. And Cunny and his wife are living in a remote area somewhere up north, like way up north, Ludzi. And it takes them about a half an hour to get to the business where he can check his email. That's how far away he is from technology and, and everything else. And he's absolutely loving his life right now. Well, he's he's a six nineteen sixty one born, same as me. And and we, we you know we were competitive. Like I don't mean. Just we took we took a dislike to each other. And, and matter of fact, the CNE and, and if you ever talk to him, he'll remember this. He we had a fist fight at the CNE in, in lacrosse. And the people mulled up, broke it up, and he took his stick and threw it like a javelin. <laughs> and no his way. Dad, his dad big rock gave him a kick in the ass, told him to get and it was his dad was pissed off at him. But we had all kinds of Cunningworth and I had all kinds of because being Mississauga and, and Etobicoke were the, the, separated by the creek. We Big rivals. It. Yeah, but I, I appreciated his com competitiveness and his toughness, and uh, I'm glad that he's happy. He deserves that. I mean, he, the chance he got to coach Montreal was, was, wasn't what I'd call chance. I mean, I mean he no. had no he had no chance at all in that situation. No. I agree. I he agree. was a, he was a. He's a sneaky, tough guy. Like he could, yeah. when he got wound up, look out. Cuddy, yeah, man, I, I know what you mean. Cause I, I saw a lot of video of him. He was my coach for four straight years, right? Let's see. So that was your yeah. coach. Was Snacky there? Snacky was there, buddy. Snacky hey, buddy. was there, taping my wrists every game. What a great guy, man. He's the greatest. He's unbelievable, Lutz. No, and, and, and I got Kent Wiseman. He got Pat Parkinson's disease the same time I did. Okay. And, and um, you know, Snacky was unbelievable. Um, I, I came down with the start of my liver problem when I was 30. And I was going to try to play the game. And I was urinating. It was black. So something was not right. And my wife called Snacky, Kent Weisbach. It said, don't let him on the ice tonight. He can't play. Like he's something really wrong. Well, it was. My liver was clogged up. I was in big trouble. But I, I love snack. Uh, is he is he still in the kind of shape? Remember the kind of condition? He was in better shape than any any of the players. Man, of he motivated me to stay in the gym. He was probably 0.1% body fat. Yeah, almost too low. But I, I, I loved him, and, and we had a great – we had we had Donnie Lever was our coach and 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 and, and um, John Van Boxmere, yeah, and, uh, the captain for both of those guys and and uh, what what an organization if you're gonna play in the minors that's the spot I I, I take that back if you're gonna play in the minors the Vipers were the place you wanted to play Detroit that's right well we're gonna just, get in, we're gonna get into the D Detroit Vipers and trust me we're gonna get into the Amherst as well us both being alumni trust me. But what I wanted, the team I want to get into right now, Ludzi, is the Niagara is the Niagara Falls Flyers, buddy. I want to talk some Niagara Falls Flyers. Now, there's some records that were made. 
there's a there was a big mark that was left by Mr. Steve Ludzig with this team. But when I first started looking at these numbers, Ludzi, the first thing that I noticed as a stat guy, as stats Naslin, a.k.a., is the fact of the improvement year to year, year from Steve Ludzik. Okay? So we're going yeah. 97 points. Next season, 119 points. Next season, 142 points, including 50 goals, 92 assists, 142 points. Well, I got, I got, I got myself in trouble there. There's a couple that it's, it's great being able to tell these stories here. Uh, my last year, I had a chance to win the scoring title. It was won by a guy named John Goodwin. Okay. But during the season up in Sudbury, I whacked a mascot, a wolf mascot. And I got suspended uh, 10 games. No way. I think, my, I think games played 50. That cost me the scoring title. But, you know, I deserved it. I did a stupid thing, and I paid the price for it. And then the, the, the best thing about it was I had a chance to win the overall – three stars thing in the OHL and I had a real good game. The last game of the season was in Sudbury where I had to whack the wolf um, a couple months before. <laughs> and they, I need one point to win the title. The scoring title. I had two goals and two assists and they gave me nothing because they knew. <laughs> so I got paid back for being a son of a bitch. They paid me Jeez. back. I, I, well, I got, they gave me nothing. They gave me nothing. I'll tell you what you did get while you were there, though, that being Niagara Falls. Okay, mm -hmm. so let, let's go over this these three years. So you racked up 105 goals, 230 assists for 358 points. That is the all-time career point leader, which still stands to this date. I, I didn't know if it was still standing because it's moved around. I oh, yes. Because this, this is a great... If the young kids watching your show, don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. And I'll tell you why. Because and you can see I'm getting irritated just talking about this, but that's the way it is. You don't mind that, do you? No, no, no. Speak your mind, Ludzi. After after playing, I played in Markham for the Waxers. Yeah. My draft year, junior draft year, I got Crohn's disease and was gone for most of the season. I had scored 30 goals in 30 games before I got sick. And then my my game really tailed off. Anyway, not long and short of it is Steve Ludzik was not wanted. Suddenly these teams like the Marlies, you know, who I played for, he can't play anymore. He's got, he got Crohn's disease. Nobody really knew much about Crohn's disease at that time anyway. But they were all doctors, and they said, he's finished. Uh, he's done. He can't play anymore. Uh, he never was all that good in any which way. And I had to watch and sit there and watch the draft. They watched players that I knew weren't that. You know, that I, I I knew deep down that I was a better player then. And I got. Drafted. And this is the OHL draft, right, Ludzi? The OHL just, draft. Yeah, I was a seventh round draft pick by the Niagara Falls Plan. A lot of people don't forget that story. And I still wasn't, you know, like Bert Templeton was my coach. They're saying, hey, he he weighs 155 pounds. How's he going to play for Templeton? The greatest coach I ever played for. By the end of that year, I was leading scorer on the team as a rookie. And uh, we lost out to the Peter Pete Score Memorial Cup. And it was just phenomenal. My teammates, to this day, to this day, we stay in contact. That's how close a team we were. 
So I always tell young kids, they don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything or you're done because especially me in my situation, I've battled back more times than Frank Sinatra. And this recent battle has been a tough one too with the liver. But I had that experience to draw on what it's like when people give up on you. And I never forgot it. And that's why I think I had success with a lot of players that a lot of guys didn't like. Banksy, he's no good. I had a lot of success. I never had, I never had a problem with Darren Banks. I thought he was great. I said, I used to say to him, I wish I had you when you're 16, not when you're 26. Because yeah. you're going to figure out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Banksy, I love Banksy. And Andy Beasel, I, I, does that name ring a bell with you? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. He's what he's one of my him Banksy and Beasel were my probably my two favorite players that I ever had, and um, I I just thought the world of them and I still do and um, God bless bless all those guys I, I I love I love hearing from players that played for me I love it I I just love hearing you know some of the stuff I don't even recall yeah. <laughs> so, I hear you and 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 like I know that you're uh, obviously with Banksy. That was also with that D- Detroit Vipers time, right? Now, I I know you you just mentioned that you like hearing from from players that you coached. Well, I had a guest on here very recently, Mr. Jason Payne. That was oh. a call up. He yeah. was a call up to you, Ludzie, right? And man, great guy. And Ludzie, let me tell you what, man. He told me that his short time with you as the coach and being a part of that team was one of the greatest experiences of his whole career. Well, you know what? Jason Payne is as nice a man. First of all, he's a class guy. He's a classy guy. And he's a humble guy. And I, I'm i glad he's doing well. I'm glad he's in the hockey business needs more guys like him. More guys like him. And um, I think he played two games for it, didn't he? Yeah, at least. I, I, I don't think I even had a chance to watch through our forecheck with him that way. <laughs> He's in and gone. But uh, I think he was, as I remember, he he, he was excited about what I wore to, to, to dress at, at a game. And, and and the guys thought that was pretty funny. They go, wait till you see his, his spat shoes. And, um, the two-tone. Two-tone, yeah. He described it as two-tone. He told me the story, Ludzie. It's hilarious. Yeah, and, and he, he said you were the most fashionable guy he's ever seen still to this day. Two-tone shoes, well, well pressed suit, colors yes. he's never seen before, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know why I did that? And, and and nobody's asked me this, and I'll tell you why. I played for coaches along the way, spaghetti stained on a tie, shoes are all dis- dis- disheveled, hair not combed. Back, combed, no, not combed, no, not shaved. You know what? The first thing a player sees when he see attention to detail. How yes. am I expect my players to follow the forechecking pattern if I can't even put a, a clean shirt that's that's ironed properly? I don't know. I I just don't get it. Um, I that, that's the reason I did that, and I because I played for too many coaches, and he'd be going, "Oh, look at that! The guy's got a mustard stain on his pants," and and then he didn't notice that. Well, maybe he's not gonna notice if I if I don't back check in the right spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so true. It's yeah. so true. You were so right, man. You're yeah. so right. And and um the guy and it used to be you know what the guys actually took a the guys liked it. They got my own team, my own team. They used to, you know, we joke about it. 
but that that's good. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. And and you know when I did the score, I worked. I got somebody from Western Canada. Somebody sent me a cowboy belt, and the show was very popular out west. I know I'm jumping around here, but then oh, no, that's fine. It's great. It's great. I started getting cowboy belts sent me in the mail. I had like 200. I can't even get on a horse. I don't know which end to get on on a horse. But they all thought I was a cowboy, and and maybe because of the hat. I didn't wear a hat back then. So, any which way, um, I, I that's the reason. I'm glad you. I, nobody's ever asked me that before, and that's that's the reason why. Because I, I I wanted my players to know that I took the time to look good, and I wanted or what I thought was good, and it I was wanted good. I wanted them to have the same pride in what they looked and how they looked and. You know, you know, saying like I, I'm coming to do your show. I'm shaving, after shave. I got the hair comb. I, 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 I appreciate I, it. But yeah, that's a, it's. A, I guess it's a form of respect. I guess maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Ludzi, you're you're hitting the nail right, right on the head on all these areas, okay? And like, and you have to know, there's a big saying in hockey. There's lots of cliche sayings, but the one that I really believe the most is look good, feel good, and play good. Steve Ludzig style. Absolutely. How about that? How about Sheriff? How about when you got a good stick and the puck's just zzz, it's flying off the stick, and you get the one of the same dozen that came and it doesn't even have the same feel to it. You're like, like you got a stick in your hands and warm up. You're going, hey baby, this one. You know, I'm hitting a home run tonight. No question about that. But that's stuff that we as hockey players we all know what it's we all know what it's like about and that. Absolutely, buddy. Ludzi, I'm I'm loving this, buddy. By the way, I don't know if you can see that I'm on the edge of my seat listening to your stories here, buddy. So now, what? Anything? I, what? I, sorry, I, go ahead, buddy. I I wanted to say that I I left more than I I left junior. Niagara Falls and back and they they did they started training camp two weeks later than school. Like so, we missed two weeks of school. At the school, Steve Larmer and a couple of the guys are sitting there eating lunch in the cafeteria, and this blonde walks in. And I go to Johnny Kirk, right beside me. I said, that's the girl I'm going to marry. And he said, what did he say? I said, that girl right there, I'm going to marry that girl. Right now, I can tell you right now I'm going to marry her. I ain't even dated a girl at 17. And what did you doing? That's the girl I married. And she's been the big, best thing and got me through more hard times than than you know what to say. And I I I I believe that sometimes you get that call and it's like I remember um I turned to the back because I didn't know her name. I turned to the guy behind me and I knew he tried out for the flyers and I said, What's that girl's name? He goes, Marianne Zaplicki. That's a good Polish that gives me the inside. She goes, But she's dating another guy and I went, Not for long, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yeah. So, okay, so let me get this let me get this straight. So you're telling me that Mrs. Ludzig walked into this establishment. You saw her for the first time. This was the beginning of the of the last year on Niagara Falls? No, my first year. Your first year. I mean, we were just fresh we Yeah, it was our first day of training camp after training camp was over. And everybody they laughed at us being boys from Toronto. There was me, Daryl Evans, Wayne Crawford, um, uh, there's about five of us, and we all wore clogs, and the kids in Niagara Falls hadn't really seen these clogs, and they were laughing at us walking to school. So, yeah, Mrs. Ludzik, yeah, she was Mrs. Mrs. Plicky back then. That was a nice yeah. Polish name that gave me gave me the inside track. But anyways, 
she was uh she was she was a beautiful girl still is but uh yeah i i i i eventually started we're 17 years old then but i yeah. had not seen her i i first of my line laid eyes on her was in in i she came in and i went to my johnny kirk i said that's the girl i'm gonna marry and he, he was eating egg cell sandwich and he went what we've been we've been best friends since we we're three years old he went what i said that girl i'm gonna marry that girl right there I'm telling you right now that's what happened Dude. isn't that something that that's one of the greatest stories i think i've ever heard that's amazing yeah absolutely yeah. buddy <laughs> yeah so the woman's so i don't think her mom and dad at first were too impressed that she was dating a hockey player but so be it <laughs> hey man you know what i mean yeah, I, I I totally understand exactly, Ludzi. So so Lud, so now now this is the thing. Your time in Niagara was so good, like getting better every single year, improving every single year. The numbers just like almost quadrupling, okay, from first to last. Now this yeah. momentum obviously goes into your first year pro, Ludzi, because yeah. you kind of light it up, man. As soon as you turn pro. I told you I'm a stat guy. I'm looking at this New Brunswick Hawks. Chicago rewarded you and gave you almost 10 games that season. But the New yeah, Brunswick knew. Hawks, but sorry, go ahead, yeah. please. You know what happened there? That's that's you really you really do your homework. Um that was my first year pro. Steve Larmer and I lived together, and there's a great story about that I want to tell about our underwear, but I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, we 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 went to New Brunswick. And the coach was a guy named Orville Chessier, who was a bombastic guy. And he ran Kitchener when we played Niagara Falls. And him and I hate each other's guts. I used to scoop up, slow off the ice, and fire at his head. Because he used to send guys after me all the time. And then I used to say, chubby, because he's a heavy set guy, fat. And I fired at him and hit his bacon strip of his head. But you know what? <laughs> he, became, he became my favorite coach of all time, Orville Chessier. And um, he he got a hold of Larmer and I and, and um, as rookies and we had great veterans Mike Zicky, Bill Riley, guys that lead us away and and and, and we had to call the cup. We had to call the cup and um, I always say Oral Chessy was a was a guy who actually he he raided me he at me and, and a couple other guys. As his favorite players, and I was—I ended up being one of his favorite players. But we at first did not like each other at all. Did not like each other one bit. Yeah. And he since passed. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool, man. So now Steve Larmer. Well, uh, he was—he—he was—he had the best—he had the best one-liners I ever heard. When somebody complained about uh, hotel beds, they're too small. He said, "Well, you should try to sleep with one guy in the one guy." <laughs> <laughs> he was—he was—he was unbelievable. He goes, this is not a this is not a hockey club; it's a winter club. And he goes, "My guys throw more body checks trying to make less call than they do in the game." So he, he was unbelievable. But eventually, it cost him when he coached Chicago. He said we were a team that needed heart transplants. And you know what? Orville never meant any of that stuff. He never meant to be mean. It was just something that spur the moment that he said. And he regretted it, and it's too bad that it changed his career as a coach. So, but so was my, my right on. Now he was so he was your coach 
he was your coach in New Brunswick, and then he also became the coach in Chicago. Next year, next year, and I, really? I looked at, and you know it's funny. My somebody just saying to me the other day, and walk, Dennis Savard was I was the second pick. Savard was the first. Uh, Savard, Ruskowski, Lysiak, Billy Gardner, Rick Patterson. I'm missing somebody in there. Steve Lovesick. That's a lot of center and fight. So I had to learn how to play left wing, and I. I never oh. played left anything, but and and then my job changed dramatically. In the lines, be a checker and a four checker and a penalty killer. I never killed a penalty in my life. So I played in the National Hockey League. Not one. Not even in the Hockey League that I killed penalties. I was a part. Wow. And you know what they tell you to do to earn a living, and that's what paid for my house. So I'm happy with that. Yeah. And, and Ludzi, another thing that I want to get into is, is how you were able to, to accept being the role that you had to play at that level. And that's how you were able to play for so long. A lot of players never figure that out, right? It's the ones that figure out exactly the role that they have to do, which they're going to have to adjust from, from junior or college or wherever they're coming from, in order to be an NHL player, right? It's all piece of the puzzle. You're the coach. You could probably explain that the best. Well, it, it, it's a pyramid. As we're, as we're as kids, you, me. I, I got respect for anybody that played hockey. I, I, got, I, I, I just love listening to the way they, what the stories, the, their ideas of the game and, and so forth. And uh, I can't remember what I was going to say when we were talking about, but it was. A, That's all right. Was, um, I, I, um, I really enjoy Arguing about players, agreeing with players, and um, so, so be it there. Right on. Let's, so so I also, you were talking about a little bit about the beginning of Chicago, but I also wanted to ask you about that draft. About that draft. Where was it? it was unbelievable. How did you celebrate it? <laughs> well, it was in Montreal. I was a 28th player picked overall, and I was sitting with my teammates, some of my guys from Niagara Falls, and they yelled, he just got drafted by Chicago. And, I, and there was no hoopla. There was maybe 20 people in the Montreal Forum, maybe 30. And Gus Vitali was my agent. He never had a sweater for you. They're not like the presentations today, but I, I, I know what you're doing. My dad picked me up at the um, train station. Okay. And he went and got Kentucky Fried Chicken, and we sat in the, in the den of our home. My mom, my dad, and my sister, and my best friend Johnny Kirk. And okay. just and then well, I knew, you know, I remember doing remember looking at the, a piece of paper with the sentiment on it, and I went, "Ooh, it's gonna be a tough team to make." We got some pretty good sentiment. Tommy Lysak was all the centers. Was a, was, was, yeah, Roskowski, like I said before. But that was Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's what we and, and I never thought anything of it. It was uh, it was um, it was beautiful and one of the um, most memorable. Uh, I remember my dad saying to me, "You better make Chicago because Tessier is the new coach in New Brunswick." And I went, "Oh, geez," because <laughs> I I got hit before. We're not that one at all. But the long run, the long run story. We're in Moncton, living together, first time. No, no, no. Me and Larmer. And we were tired of getting our stuff mixed up. So we said, okay, 
take a marker and put our initials on everything that's ours. Steve Larmer, <laughs> Steve Larmer. We couldn't figure it out until we got to the laundromat and we went, oh, what are we doing here? We must have been tired that day or something, but that's a true story. My gardener says it's his favorite story of all time and it's because it's true. <laughs> I hear you, lads. I hear you. So, Larmer, so Larmer, how are you and Larmer the same age though? You, I know you guys both played in in Niagara Falls. We're limates. Okay. Larmer and I. So you guys are you guys were limates. All right, right on. And, he was I mean, my best friend, and I told you that from Warrior, we walked into junior hockey, and to be honest, we really we really ripped through the league the first month or two, and they called us the kid line because we're all first year guys. Yeah. Um, I just made some great friends over the years with some of those Niagara Falls teams that still still keep in touch. And that year we went to the we had Peter Pete's three games to one to win the Ontario title, and we lost three straight. We lost four to three to the Peter Pete's who went on thus to win the Memorial Cup. And that's as close as you get. I, did you you get close to the Memorial Cup? No, no, I didn't. I didn't, Ludzi. I I made it to the second round one of my three years, and that was it. It's the hardest trophy to win. Yes, I agree. No, I agree a hundred percent with that. A hundred percent, buddy. So, all right, KFC at the draft. I think that's pretty cool. Get to spend no, with you, the fam. Yeah, that's all right? you know. I, and it, well, you know what's funny? And, and, uh, I think my my signing bonus for Steve Ludzik was twenty five thousand. And Steve Larmer, I think, got 15. And then the first year we lived together, we signed our contracts in the back of a bar in Niagara Falls after a junior game. Gus Valley brought them down. And I said to Gus, I, go, what? I looked at my contract really quick. And I said, what's this month American League song? What's, what's? And he said, well, if you don't play in Chicago, you're going to play in American League with Monk and New Brunswick. I had no idea. I just thought you played junior, and if you, you, you just went and got a job. Do something straight else. to the show. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. Straight to the show. Yeah. It didn't happen at all. He played well, a couple of years with Myers. But I remember Lars made $20,000 a rookie year, and twenty five. so I paid a little bit extra for the food bill. But, man, did we have we had some fun. Him and I had a lot of fun together. You know, our rookie card, people don't know this. If you want to see, read a good book by Ken, um, guy fortunate, Ken, Ken, Ken um, uh, it's one of hockey cards. And okay. Barbara and I, one of the more famous Ken Reed. They mistake, they have, they have Steve Ludwig's face and Steve Larmer's name. They got them all knocked, they got messed up. They got the wrong name and the wrong guy. And here's the reason why. In Niagara Falls, he, I was nine. It was eight. We played in Moncton and Chicago, 28, 9 And um, I can remember Stevie and I going to a big drug, a big drug store, and to get a box full of clickers because that was a year. You know, that's a big thing when you're hockey. Like people, they don't want to admit it. That's a big thing seeing on your hockey card. And back then, they didn't get everybody a card. And we're opening up. Larms goes, "This isn't me, it's you." And I go, "What?" And we kept opening a couple more packs. The mistake, and they never corrected it. So the card's worth a little bit of money. I sign mine. Larms doesn't sign his. He won't sign his. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. Okay. Every, every, everyone's, everyone's got their reasons. Now, yeah. that, that Blackhawks team, though, Ludzi, 
I want to talk about this team a little bit because, first of all, just like Niagara Falls, Ludzi, you go to this now NHL organization of yours. Again, the first three seasons, buddy, what happens? Improvement every single year. You embrace yeah. the system. Things were working out for you. You, you accepted your role. And that's what I think is really super cool. The question I have for you is I want to hear about these playoff runs with the Hawks. I want to hear about the 82-83 and 85-86, whatever order you want to do, Stevie. Um, The 82 is probably the time with the Oilers. 82-83, Steve Ludzig played 13 playoff games for the Chicago Blackhawks. Right, so yeah. I want to know about that run. The '86 year, Steve Ludzik played 15 playoff games. So those are at least three rounds, buddy. I want to hear about. Do you remember those runs? Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember we played the Oilers, and you know, uh, that's when Orville got himself in trouble when uh, he said that we needed plans. Uh, he didn't mean that. Ever meant it. As a matter of fact, he used it over the course of the season many times. But he thought that that might be a motivator against the Oilers. And it, uh, you know what? The Edmonton Oilers of that era, Coffey, Messi, Curry, all these guys, they, they were no, they, they were just too good. There's nothing wrong saying, that they, hey, these guys are, are just too good. You, know, yeah. you don't admit it when you're playing. But when you back, you go, they, they, they were better than the 55 Red Wings or the, the 62 Leafs or 64 Leafs. They just were. That's how good at hockey team. Their their fourth line guy, a guy named Miroslav Pozar or something like that. He 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 ended up grabbing hold of Al Secord and trying to shake him up. Like they did they had a good they had Smenko, um, Huddy, Lowe. And then when you got through all those guys, Gretzky, Messier, you got through all those guys, you had Fuhrer sitting there waiting for you. So how can, yeah. how much better can it get the Grant Fuhrer in the playoff series? But what I remember most of all, they kicked our ass. Really bad, the first series, the first year we played them. And my dad was dying at home, and my mom called me when the playoff game, the next night, the next morning she called, she goes, you got to come back, your dad's not going to live. And I had not known he was that sick. When the last time I seen him, he was 230, 240. And he, when I went in the house, my mom grabbed me, and she goes, you're going to have a hard, it's going to be hard to, to look at. I went in and, and we remember this the, the Oilers with Gretzky and they tanned our hides like 10, 10, 10, 1, 11, 1, something like that. My dad struggles to sit up. He sees me, lights a cigarette, and he goes, Could not one of you guys hit that little SOB Gretzky? The poor man's got maybe a day to live. And he wanted answers of why we, you know, I said, Dad, he never got himself in the spot. And my, and my dad was always a big Gretzky fan in any which way when we were kids. But um, that's the truth. And they were just, they were too good. And even, even it was funny. Like, Paul Coffey has the sharpest tongue in the league. And Ben Wilson was kind of bothering him. And he was by our bench in Edmonton. And Coffey goes, hey. 23. He wouldn't give him the satisfaction of calling him Ben Wilson. He said, hey, 23. Do you ever figure out why when I'm on the ice, you're on the bench? Figure it out. You're just not good enough to play against me. And Ben Wilson, that was one of the great comebacks of all time. He goes, number 23. That bothered Ben more than anything else. He called me 23. Did you know who I am? He'll find out who I am. Falcott <laughs> scared nobody. Wow. You know what? 
I um I I would have loved to hear that live, Ludzi. That that was definitely that was definitely a gift to be able to hear some of that banter live. Oh, you know what? Most of the stuff, as you know, Sheriff, you can't you can't touch it. Nor would you want to touch it. We'll get set on the ice. That's 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 between hockey players, and 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 there's that respect. And uh, you, you know, when when you do battle and you're finished, shake hands and. Say hey, we'll see you again. We'll see you down the road somewhere. That's and, right. And you know yourself because you've been your most welcome attraction and 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 to any of these golf tournaments and all these celebrities. You're gonna you're gonna see the nicest guys in the world are hockey players, the nicest and the most giving and the most giving back. And um, when I was in Chicago, a guy named Bob Verde was a syndicated writer. He said hockey players were his favorite athletes. And the baseball players and the football players got really mad. And he goes, I'm going to really piss you off. My second favorite athletes are wrestlers, professional wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. He's right. Because the hockey players, no ego. No ego. No ego at all. And um, I don't know if that's just something that we carry with us through um, through sports. I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure. But that that's the way I find it. I'm sure you find the same way. I, I, I do find it the same way. I believe, Ludzi, it, it's the team camaraderie that the hockey players create that yeah. that that kind of that kind of you know makes this character that we all have. You know what I mean? I think it's the battle that we go through, right? And I and I think it's the brotherhood. Why you would be successful, and I, I used to say the Banksy is actually thing. Why you're going to be successful? Is your use you like people don't know what it's like to walk in a dressing room? Is what, what color you know what color jersey am I wearing? Like what line am I on? Am I still here? Am I being sent down? Or, or that's a lot of pressure for a young man to to and still play hockey the way you're supposed to. And nobody can explain that to him that every day you know you, you know the feeling walking and go oh no this doesn't look good I'm on the black line the black aces yeah. you yeah. know this, this could be trouble right and and it, you just Learn to adapt to it, and, and, and teammates appreciate the effort you give. And you know when you're not playing that much, you got to do the extra skating. And Rich Preston and I are just talking about the great Blackhawks of all time. Just called me to see how I was doing. And I said, Rico, I still remember us. We both got come back from injuries. You know, we called the bag skate. You know, down and back, down and back, down and back. You do it for an hour or whatever, right? <laughs> I remember Rico going, "Stick a fork in me. I'm done like a turkey." <laughs> I can't skate anymore. I can't skate anymore. But just, uh, just great, great, great moments. And I always say when we were just talking about Steve Larmer. Yes. I mean, his nickname was Grandpa. People say, how do you, how do you get the name Grandpa? First day of training camp in Niagara Falls when we were 17 years old. I, we, we ran into each other in the back of the bus going to the track and field thing. We were going to do some running sprints. He's 20, 15, 20 pounds overweight, cigarette in his mouth, and like an old man. I so I said, you know, you're like an old grandfather, grandpa, and that became his nickname. And to this day, that's what he's known as, grandpa. And it was the first day that him and I met each other. And I tell you what, with the hockey card thing that I was talking about, if you're going to be mistaken for one guy, Steve Larmer ain't that bad. Pretty good guy to be mistaken with. Yep, Great. I agree with that for yeah. sure, buddy. Well, Nicest guy, nicest guy. We're still very close, and we still talk to each other all the time. 
And obviously with this health scare, it, it, it was, uh, I heard from Lawrence quite a bit. And that's a beautiful thing to hear from your close buddies, eh? Well, I, I, you know, I think, um, you know, like we lost Tony Esposito yes. a couple of weeks, a month ago. Yeah. Tony and I were teammates for, for, for two years. And I, and I knew Phil a lot better because Phil was a radio guy for us in Tampa Bay. But I said with Tony, we were teammates. You couldn't become great friends with him on the hockey because he was so – I mean, day of the game, you, you stayed away from him. You just stayed away from him because that's how grouchy he was. He, he had that – he would not, not, didn't want to talk, and he might say something, set him off. Great guy, but you're, te- you're teammates. You weren't best friends. Yes. But Tom different. Tom, exactly. Tom Lysak and I and Daryl Sutter were best friends. And that, 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 but that only comes on, you know, some guys are teammates, but you know what? You know, better than anybody else. You know what? Hockey players make bad businessmen. And I'll tell you why, because they think somebody's always, they get in trouble and they think somebody's going to help them. You know, when you're, well, you don't know it too, too very often, probably not, not many times at all, but when you're in a fight, and you're getting fit, your lunch fed to you, lunch number five with gravy on the side. <laughs> you know that somebody with your team's coming in to help. Yeah. That's the law and order of the jungle. Yeah. And that's just the way it is, you know. And, 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 and um, you know, you had to do that job. So. Yeah. And, and you know what? Uh, I always appreciate it when, when ex-players explain it like that, Letzi, because, it, like, it's – there's so many different ways to point that out, but every way is different. And I really appreciate the way that you said it, buddy, because the listeners, they're getting some good insight today. Well, I, I, you know, I could give you guys that played for Steve Ludzik. Andy Bezos set records for penalty minutes in the Sinbin. I traded when I was in the Skeegan, and when I first started coaching, I told my owner, I said, who wins this league every year? He goes, Thunder Bay. I said, we got no chance against Thunder Bay. There's, our guys are so scared of them. I traded four guys for Andy Beasel. The owner thought it was nuts. And I said, he'll change the dynamics of the team. Andy Beasel was the most dynamic player. He wasn't a goal scorer. wasn't a playmaker. Every single, every single shift, he gave you everything he had. And like Rick Dudley, who's seen his fair share of athletes come through, said, that's my favorite player I ever had on my, on my hockey club. It was Andy Beasel. And, uh, you know, those guys leave it on the line. It's, you know, like they leave everything on the line. And, and uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, people, people have this thing that punches, just fights, cause problems with, with, with the, the neurological problems. Okay, yeah. I, like, I wish people would listen just for a second. When you go to the CNE and you go to go and the bumper cars, you can go on there for about a minute and a half, and then they blow a whistle and get you off. Being a hockey player is like taking little shots, even in practice. Yeah. Thirty years of your life till it catches up to you, because it's like a bumper car ride, just bang. And some of them, some of them are big shots, some of them aren't very big at all. But it's the jarring of the brain. And that's what makes me – I think I – check up hockey, hockeyfights.com. I don't know how many – 20 or 30 fights in the NHL. And not, 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 not a little bit, not a lot. But, but I don't remember ever getting hit 
Where it hurt, well, actually, Ernie got knocked me out in Windsor one night in one shot. I had him, I had him at center ice, and I, the last thing I remember saying, I got to ease up on this guy, I'm going to hurt him. He caught me with the right hand and knocked me out. It happens. It happens, you know. But it's not, it's not, it's a total damage is taking place with the body checking continuously to to the brain. And um, I'm glad they're trying to get that all straightened out because I hate, you know, I, my Parkinson's, I don't think I know my Parkinson's is attributed to wear and tear, you know, concussions. I don't remember, ever, like I said, I don't remember ever hurting anybody with, with a punch in a fight. And I don't remember ever getting hurt myself. Glutzy, because we're on the subject, um, with the whole Parkinson's, now, it was 2012 that yeah. you publicly came out yeah. and told the public that, you know, you've been suffering from this and that you were diagnosed back in 2000, correct? That's right. Okay. I'm so now, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to piece it. Those numbers sound about correct. I, I'm i not 100% sure, but... The only reason I came out, I would have still been doing the TV show. I was doing a TV show called The Score. At The Score, yep. Yeah, and I had a lot of fun, and and and, and um, we 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 did our own thing, and I, I could I could show the viewers what coaches looked at for forechecking and stuff like that. But um, I wasn't. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I don't know if I. I would have stayed in do, doing that job with the score. A sports writer for the Toronto Star came out. He goes, Steve Ludzik is my favorite guy on TV, bar none. He, he, he calls the way he sees him and da-da-da, but I think he's drinking. And that just, I, I when I read it, I remember going, oh, my God. Because when you get tired with Parkinson's, you have a tendency to slur your words. Yes. So sometimes we get like at 12 o'clock, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'd be tired before we went on the air. But, you know, the, the adrenaline, the light goes on, the adrenaline runs and so forth. But that really hurt. So I knew that I couldn't – and I didn't want to coach because I knew that I had Parkinson's. And, and it, that does affect your thinking process. And uh, I, I just had so much respect for the game, the players that I coached, that I didn't want to give anything less than what I could. And I couldn't do the TV, so what are you going to do? Go on with life. Yes, of course. Never give up. Let's well, be strong. I've got a sign up here. It says, find a way. And it's my new book that I, it's going to be coming out in a couple of months. Uh, as soon as I get the last couple chapters done on it. And it, 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 that's the story of my life. Find a way. Find a way to get through this. So, so find a way is going to be, is, is, is your new book that will yeah. be released in a few months, let's say you think? And then maybe Steve Ludzik might be exaggerating on that 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 time frame. I, that's being hopeful, but um, I I have another one that I did about four or five years ago that sold very well. Been there, done that. Yes. Rocky, but Danny Gare read it, going to Calgary and see his mom, and he goes, "That's the funniest book I've ever read in my life." And he goes, "I felt like Bobby Mantle said to me, he goes, I feel like I'm in the dressing room, like any hockey player would read that." In his, He's going to say, I know exactly how he feels. And I think I, I, I have an ability to write and um, I, it, inspirational, and st especially the stuff that's happened to me with the Parkinson's and the Crohn's disease. It would, it would have stopped me when I was 17, but I had the wherewithal to battle through and not listen to people, not listen to what the next guy said. 
be forceful in your thought process. And I think that that's an important, important attribute for fathers to get through their sons or mothers and fathers to the daughter. I really think it is. You get a goal, stick to it, go to it. Don't have anybody tell you you can't do anything at all. Nobody has the right to say that to you. I, I called a teacher in grade six, Miss Ann Sarah. And I said, I, and she hadn't heard from me in 35 years. I said, I want to tell you something. I want to thank you. When the last day of school in grade six, she went around and said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they went to me and I said, I want to be playing national hockey. And all the kids laugh, eh? Oh, yeah, you're going to play the national hockey. Oh. <laughs> and I said, put your hand up. You went, don't ever step on somebody's dreams. Nobody has the right to do that. Nobody has the right to do that. And um, you got to have a little luck, but you got to be lucky that you got to be prepared for the lucky situation that comes in lot crosses. So that's, that's, that's that. That's why I'm motivated the speech. And, and, it, and it's an amazing one. I want to touch up a little bit more on the score, and then I want to jump right back in um, to some foundation stuff. So sure. I had a gentleman on this show, okay? His name is Cabral Richards, a.k.a. Cabby from the streets. Oh, please. Cabby oh, Cabby is yes. one of your biggest fans, Mr. Ledzig. Is he really? Man, you know, does that guy ever love talking about you? In a great I tell, way. I tell you, I, I tell you why. I, I think if, if, if I'm thinking of the right story, I gave him the all-time funniest segment he's ever done, and he's a funny guy. Was it the knob one? The knob one. And, and okay, you know I want to hear it from you, buddy. Please. Yeah, and you know what happened was I I, I was good friends with him, not not as close as him because he, he worked different hours, but Martin Geyer. And I said, Martin, you know what would be a funny stick? It's talking about the different knobs on guys' sticks. How do you tape your knob? <laughs> she, proper, proper. she said, I, I, I think I'll somebody else. But I went to Cabral, Caddy. And he is, and his, his producer loved it. And um, it, was, it, was, it was hilarious. The different it was very funny, buddy. Um, <laughs> I'm so proud of him for doing it because he could have got – he probably could have got reprimanded. I don't know if he did or didn't. <laughs> <laughs> big star. I'm glad to see him back. He's back doing stuff, eh? Yeah, he's back in Canada. He's doing some stuff with Sportsnet. He's doing his whole Bet 360 or something. Like, it's all Vegas Vegas stuff, right? Like, the betting and whatnot. He's living. He's, he's, man, he's, he's so entertaining, man. But he told me that he learned a lot of, of the craft from you, though, Lindsay. Oh, uh, you know, and I didn't know, um, we didn't get a chance to know each other as well as we probably should have. And, um, I, he just loved listening to hockey stories. He loved listening to hockey stories. And, um, though all those people, all those people were super to Steve Ludzik. They, they were so nice. And, you know, people say, did you get, did you ever, you ever get, um, they get mad at you when you said, are you shitting me, Wozniewski? <laughs> I, 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 they didn't even mention it to me. They never said, they said, just do, be ludzy. Like, who cares? Just do, you know, you be, you be yourself. Like, they didn't care. Poor Al Strachan, say one little thing out of order, he'd get shit. <laughs> he'd get pulled up to the office. And, uh, 
they, they, nobody, you know, they said, well, they corrected. They, 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 they put, are you shitting me, Wazlewski? And uh, Wazlewski might be a great guy, but it was a lack of days left, and I had to call it the way I saw it. So that's what happens. Well, you know what? When I was doing my research, Ludzi, I read in multiple places that your time at the score, that's exactly what the review would be, that you call it like it is, and you are one of the most accurate and most entertaining guys on TV. And well, that's the facts. Yeah, I, 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 I can't disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Julius was a big, huge... We, you know, he didn't, we, he didn't talk to me for the first week when we did show. And, and before we went on the air, this is a great story. Gord Stellick was working with us. And I turned to Gordy and I go, what, where's this show being across Mississauga, Oakville, Burlington, Scarborough? And he goes, Lipsy, this goes across Canada. And I was like this. The light flashed out and I was like, I was like, Ralph Cramden. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I couldn't get a word out. <laughs> Across Canada, I thought this was like a little thing, mom and pop organization in in the, in the you know, and um, so then I, I hated rehearsing. So a lot of guys go through the rehearsals and stuff like that. And I told Coolius, hey, I'm not I'm not trying to act like Dean Martin or Jackie Gleason here, but I do. But I don't want I don't want a safety net. I don't want a safety net. And if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. But I said I people can tell when you're faking arguments. So the guy that came in after me. When I left the coach again, I said let's 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 cook up a, a good scrap because Cooley started liking the idea of not not um, doing the sh- working together. Okay. So the, he goes, you guys said um, let's fake an argument like like you and Lindsay and he goes Lindsay and I, everything was right there. Like we didn't say oh let's talk about this. It was like bang 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 bang, and the people liked it. People really liked it, and uh, and I'm very proud of that show, and I'm proud of the. The fact that we were we, we put the X's and O's and let people understand. You know, I, I see some guys go, uh, the first guy go in and then the second and third four read and react. Read and react where? Read and react what? Don't just, don't just you know you see coaches. I don't think there's too many left today, but there used to be. Oh, we gotta go first guy hard, second guy just read and react. Read and react. That's good enough. You know, they read react gives guys options of not doing stuff they they should be doing. Well, I always thought that was I always thought that was funny. Don't get me yeah, going. That that's pretty interesting, Ludzi. That that that's pretty. I haven't thought about that in a while. That's very interesting stuff right there. Three ways of teaching a an, an athlete. You can tell them and show them. Tell them, tell them verbally. I can say, okay, here's what I want you to do on the forecheck. The other one is you could draw it out on a on a map. On a, on a board and show them. And some guys need you physically walk through what you're teaching them slowly. Walk through it because everybody learns different ways, right? On and the some, ice, yeah. Some guys need all three. And it's not because they're stupid. They just need all three. I remember we had Cabina, Pablo Cabina, and, and, and he made the same mistake so many times. It was coming up in front of his net and, and trying to go up the strong side. And, um, I said to the assistant coach, I said, uh, you want to have a you want to have a word with him about that again? And he goes, Lundy, I've talked to him a hundred times. I go, make it a hundred and one. Yeah. Like that's yes. not, I used to go to my team, Banksy will tell you and Bees will tell you. Relax. Don't be nervous about not knowing anywhere. Cause I said, if you don't know where to go off of 
off the lost face-off in the offensive zone. You don't know where to go. That's not your fault. That's my fault. That's that's Steve Ludzik's fault because I didn't get that, that taught. That I want to be relaxing, playing your game, going where you got to go. Now that we're we're mentioning guys on Detroit again, I I kind of want to jump there again, Ludzi, because we have we're going to have to talk about this time with Detroit because it, it was just too special. Now, yeah. when you arrived, now first of all, I I want the listeners to understand. This is at a time where the IHL was still thriving. Like there was the Detroit, I'm sorry? Like a WHA was. Exactly. WHA. Exactly. There's the Detroit Red Wings. There's the Detroit Vipers. Very similar to the Blackhawks and the Wolves of today in Chicago. Yes. Now, the Detroit Red Wings, they're based around the city. The Vipers are at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Yes. Can you explain to the listeners how nice that area was? Well, it was so, it was, it was a special time in my life and my family's life. Um, palace of Auburn Hills is in, in the suburbs and it was a palace. It was like a, um, it was like a little city and it was fantastic. And I could not believe they tore it down. They tore I, the palace down? Palace of Auburn Hills down. Like what? straight to the ground. Somebody sent me a brick. Somebody sent me a brick. Like somebody sent me years ago a Chicago Stadium brick. They sent me a brick, and I was like stunned. They tore it down. I didn't Gee. know that. Yeah, that, that that's the truth. But it was like it was an awesome feeling, and it was awesome for me because I got a chance to know Ted Lindsay, and Teddy would come to the house of Auburn Hills, take me for lunch once a month. I loved Ted Lindsay. Loved him. Uh, Gordy Howe, I got a chance to co- coach Gordy Howe in Detroit. Yeah. And that, that's a that's one of the great stories of all time. You got time for it? Oh, yes. Uh, Gordy comes in. He's going to play one shift in the game, the first game of the season. And we go through all this. He's there for two weeks with the hockey club. And, and, and great guy, great storyteller, kind, kind man, big hands. And, and, and anyway, he um he's with me for two weeks. Two weeks we spent together. The day of the of the of the press coming, he calls me. He says, "Can you come walk in with me in the press room?" I said, "No problem. Go in the press. Two hundred cameras from all over the world." Gordy gets up and he's in the middle of the dais. Dudley, me, Mark, Marty, and Colleen. And Gordy gets up and he starts off. He goes, "Before I start, he goes, I want to thank this young young fellow here, this this coach. I I really want to thank the coach, coach." Uh, and he drew a blank. <laughs> and he goes, Coach uh, Smitty. Rick Dudley's standing looking straight ahead. Rick Dudley's going, who the hell is Smitty? And, like, Maybe. and, and, and he, he, Mark and Marty, after, he's taking questions from the audience. Now, this has gone on for two or two, three minutes. They say, how many ships are you going to play? And he goes, ah, it's up to Smitty. Whatever Smitty wants. <laughs> and uh, now Mark and Marty take a piece of paper and they write, it's Steve Ludzik, Dad. Uh, he bluffed his way. He goes, I didn't swear, did I? He sort of tried to bluff his way out of that one. But we, if you're in my bar, which we're down here, um, there's a Gordy House thing on the side. And it, everything he signed to my family after that was to Smitty and family. Love Gordy and Colleen. <laughs> but like I always say, he's the greatest hockey player, but his memory wasn't all that great. He's 69 oh, at that time. 69 at that time. But the, the, it, why he came up with Smitty, 
Ludwig and Smitty, there's no way you can chop that. You can't make that up. You can't I know. Make that up. The guys, in, guys that played for me were in the back of the press conference. Stan Drulia ran downstairs, got a piece of paper, and put Smitty where it said coach's office. It said Smitty's office. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see, that's great. But, but okay, so. So, so, so listen, and I appreciate that story so much, buddy. I will never, I will never forget that ever. Definitely. I want the listeners to know about the success with Steve Ludzig and the Detroit Vipers. Now, you come in as an assistant originally. Yeah. Yeah. Your first year as a head coach. What happened, Steve Ludzig? What was well, the outcome of that season? First of all, I gotta, I gotta tell you because it's never added, and it kind of, it's a little small crink in my. In my bonnet, I guess. Um, Rick Dudley at the halfway point of the season, one of my assistant coach, said, I've had, the team was under 500. And he okay. said, you take over, you run, I can't, I don't want to coach this team. Right. And, 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 and I tried talking him out of it. He says, no, no, you coach it. I think we lost, you have to check the record. I think in the last 40 games, we won 35. Okay. So that's so, amazing. We got added on my coaching record. The next year, yes, they did. Coach and and um, we had Samsonov, who's a Sergey Sergey Samsonov, which was a brilliant move by Duds because what had happened was Ottawa's 67s, where he was supposed to play, didn't sign a piece of paper, and Duds in his work ethic figured, had heard the rumor that he hadn't signed a paper to play in the OHL, so he was known void from playing for Ottawa. Duds jumped on it, got him, and everybody's going, a 17 year old. How's he going to play in the IHL? He's going to get killed. Hey, I got to tell you one quick Sergei Samsonov story. Yeah. We're, playing, we're playing against Cleveland in the, in the semifinals. And he was struggling. He was struggling. He's a 17-year-old kid. You got to remember, he's only 17. And, 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 and he was struggling. I went to him. I go, Sammy, how do you think you're playing? He goes, Lubsy, I'm no good right now. I stink. I'm not. That I'm going to put bigger guys in, a couple of bigger guys in the room. And, and we're going to get out of the series, and then we're going to play Long Beach. I want you to be ready for Long Beach. That's John of Oxygen. This is the type of guy Samsonov is. Never complained once. He was a rookie of the year that year. Never complained an ounce. Was in, stayed in shape for the uh, seven or eight days that we, we were playing Cleveland. First game back, Detroit Vipers, four. Long Beach Ice Dogs, one. Sergey Samsonov, all four goals. All four that, G-notes. That's that's that told me right there what kind of I already knew what kind of kid he was. I already knew he's the greatest. I mean, guys like Banksy, you could not go by Sergey Samsonov. You could not touch him. You could not whistle Dixie in his ear. Banksy and Crow and and B, they, these guys loved him. Like it was worth your life if you touched Sergey Samsonov. That was that was the unwritten rule. That was the unwritten rule. Because he was loved so much by his teammates. Those guys loved Sergey Samson. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I've ever seen a player loved like that. 17 years old, rookie of the year, Caller Cup or Turner Cup championship. Turner Cup champion. Champion, 17 years old. And that, that I say that story told me all I needed about him was the, the four goals. He never bitched, never moaned. He probably could have. He probably could have. And um, he didn't. He kept his mouth shut. Bang, 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 bang. Four goals. At home, unbelievable demonstration of mind over matter. Absolutely, but what blows my mind is Ludzi. This guy actually was seventeen when he played in the IHL. You know what? He's still. Wow. You know, he, 
he loved that area so much. He loved the people of Detroit. He lives in Detroit to this day. And um, he's one of my favorite players I ever coached. I'd, I'd say, you know what? He, him and Robbie Shrimp. Now, I don't know if you know Robbie Shrimp. But yeah, I know I, him very well. Okay. He, that was, I love him. I love the kid. And I heard all these bad things, all these bad things about Robbie Shrimp. Never had a problem with him. Never had a problem with him. He, his, his family was lovely. Uh, he was a, a little bit cocky. But, I mean, so I mean, what? He's got the best hands in the world. He's got to be a little cocky. Cheryl, you'd have to arrest him and put him in jail with those hands. Those hands would still skate. they still pick locks. That's, that's how velvet his hands were. I mean, he was – he didn't have great dimensional speed. Like, I mean, Samsonov had fast, faster, and then see you later speed. That's the difference. <laughs> he did not have that, that three-dimensional speed. But he never got a chance. He never got a chance to play. That stupid idiots that coached him. Wow, well, put you on left wing. You're clogging him up. He wasn't a great skater. So now what are you going to do? Put him on left wing so he stop and go, stop and go. And skating is going to be more extent. Have him play center where he can loop around. That was what he should have done. And he never did it. And then people say, you're, you're Robbie Shrimp. Yeah, I am. I'm probably Robbie Shrimp's biggest biggest fan because I saw what he could do. I can. I. 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 I that's an example of a kid. People like to make stuff up. Make stories up. Why they want to? Why people can't help and pat? Why they want to hurt and be negative? I don't. I, I just don't get that. I don't get that, and I never will. It, it frustrates guys like me and you, Ludzi, because we're 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 people pleasers. We want people to be happy. We tell the truth. We tell yeah. the truth, but we want everyone to be happy. There's lots of haters out there, Ludzi. Yeah, you know what? There's, you're right about that. There's people just aren't happy with their life. So why not? Like, I I I I remember a, a very famous agent called me and said, "Good luck with, with Robbie Shrimp." And I'm like, "Oh, go tell me what, what's wrong now. Oh, you better get to know the chief of police. Chief of police. Is Robbie Robbie Shrimp was the nicest, just the nicest kid. He is. He was. And and and, and I, I always feel that he never got the just desserts that he should have got. But it happens with a lot of guys. It happens to a lot of guys. I always say you, so the guys upstairs watching the training camp with the suits, you got to get one of those guys, one of those guys to, to fall, fall as soon as they, you know, this guy can play. Yeah. This guy can play. Yeah. You know, Robbie, you know Robbie Honigan? Robbie Honigan? Yeah. He's a I know of him. I know of him. He scouted and, and, and when I was running the Ice Dogs. And there's a very quick story. He says, Coach, I know you got a game you got to go to, but could you just make sure you, I want you to see the fir first meeting with these guys? So Robbie gets up and he, and he has his, his cigar and his, his, his hat. And uh, he goes, Tell me, tell me about this first rounder. You, you, I'm not going to say names or anything. I'm, like, I'm just going to tell you. The guy goes, Oh, yeah, he's big and strong and fast. And, and, and I know his parents, and, which I don't care. You know his parents or not. And uh, he, 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 can, he can score and that, 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 that. Robbie Hunter goes, that's, that's very interesting. Because he was drafted last year in the first round. And this guy's from your territory. You don't know where he's. <laughs> wow. I, I just went. <laughs> I said, fire that guy. Get rid of that guy. Send him home. Whatever. Pay his bus. Whatever. He's, that, that's awful. But you find that that happens a lot. Guys that, that shouldn't be making decisions on players' futures make them and they don't even give the kid a chance 
But he can get you. Don't bring up a guy like Robbie Shrimp and play him four shifts in the night and say, uh, you're not scoring much, are you? Four <laughs> four shifts in the night. Nobody. Cordy Howell couldn't have done it. Gretzky couldn't have done it. No, that's that's just the bottom line. That this is good uh, good treatment for me because I get all this frustration. That always pissed me off. You know, and then you look at training camp, and you we used to watch the the, the rosters, and you can watch them. And they they usually put the thing out at night at the hotel. And you can see the guys they want to give just a little bit of a push to get them through the door. You know what I'm saying? And oh, the other yeah. guys, they just want the other guy just to disappear. Yeah. There was there, there was a guy. This is a this is a funny story. His name was Martin Letra, top kid out of the Quebec League. Yeah. And we needed a tough guy. And 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 Martin, you could look up his stats. I don't know if you'll find him. <laughs> Rick Dudley calls him up, and we go up. Duds goes. Duds is hilarious. He goes, Martin. We're going to give you an opportunity to make $250,000 this year. <laughs> this this later was looking at him like 250,000. Yeah, he goes, if you were if you were the MVP of the league, that's 75,000. No Anyways, way. No, no chance he's going to win. Oh, he's and, the tough guy. <laughs> the tough, <laughs> that was tough, the joke. Yeah. He wasn't stupid either. He was got. He kind of after after all the things on the table, he goes, "Yeah, like I got a chance of getting any of these any of these bonuses." But just, was there uh, any attainable ones? No, no, no. <laughs> Unless there was goals, and you know, he was a he saved us for a little bit. And um, the toughness part of our team is like I hated. I didn't really like my guys fighting. I, I, I bees. I used to go bees. I've had it with your fighting every night. I've had it. You got to get a green light now. Yeah. If you're going to fight and he go, we're playing at Fort Wayne one night and then he keeps looking back at me and I go, red light. And he gets around the third period. He goes, what's he? I'm going crazy in here. <laughs> and he was, he, he, you know, he was a remarkable, a remarkable athlete. Like, like Dudley said that physically this toughest guy, like I'm not saying that, that he, he was, he's a fighter. But he was more of a forechecker, fan excited, did things on the ice that like, people wanted to kill him. People want if, if you look up, if you, I'd say to your audience, look up Andy Bezo, B E Z E A U, Bezo, and um, he was he was quite a quite a character. You know, the game needed more guys like that. And I used to say to him, I go, Bees, I'm tired of you always fighting. If you can draw a penalty, I'll give you the back end of the power play. And he goes, Really? And I said, Yeah, draw a penalty. Everybody knows you can fight. No, I don't think too many guys ran into you and said, I want to go with you. Maybe one guy in a team, maybe two, maybe, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, there was, there was always the, the biggest guy on the other side that knew that he had to do his role too, right, Ludzie? That's right, exactly. And, and and so you guys kind of force each other, you know, you're both making money and you're making a living. And so, you know, like I like Bobby Probert, there was a guy that was, holy smokes. I mean, you, you saw him. I mean, uh, Never got tired. I remember he fought Kurt Fraser one night and Joe Lewis and Jackie O'Callaghan said to me, hey, Ludzi, he goes, you want to see something scary? Kurt Fraser, who was an epitome of physical endurance, was <gasps> he could barely get to the penalty box. After the Probert fight. Bobby Probert was like this. Just adjust his own. Not a, not a puff. Not, not a, nothing. Nothing. His stamina was so great. Was, um, but Bobby Nystrom, they say, Bobby Nystrom was a, Exact same way. You're in trouble if the fight goes over 30 seconds because he just got stronger and stronger and stronger. Wow. 
Man, I, I, I couldn't even imagine some of the names that you just dropped there. So, so Leslie, the, the reason why I had brought up the, the whole thing with Detroit is because the, the amount of success that you have there, it really earned you to reach that dream of being an NHL coach, right? Because right. here you got to go. Yeah, I mean, here you got you got three years, man. First year, you win the championship. Next year, you almost win the championship again. Right, losing in the finals, third, yeah. and, and then, and you know what I mean, and, and then, and then the third year, you it must have been the conference finals. I'm looking at a, a round three loss. That's right, right. We had, a, we had you know, sheriff. We had, a, and I'm making excuses because nobody has to make excuses for my teams. But we had, a, I, I remember getting a sinking feeling in my stomach in Orlando. The trainer did not clean the big, big barrels of Gatorade. You know, okay. what I used to say, I don't want them swab with alcohol because you, you get a virus in your team. It goes through it quick. And um, next day, two guys got this virus. Three, four, five, six, seven, ten, twelve guys. There are only two or three guys that were healthy. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying my team doctor in Detroit, Dr. Shapiro, said, it's going to be hard to get through this. It's an awful virus these kids got. You know, and, and – um, that was a team coached by my old buddy, Kurt Fraser, and they did a job and they came back and beat us. But I could not ask anything more or anything less from my, my athletes that played for me in Detroit. They were great. They're just great guys. So now- our, well, our team was so crazy. Duds and I got carjacked in Detroit going to the, after the game in, at Palos Auburn Hills. We had to catch a flight to uh, Kansas City. And... Um, we got Dubs goes Dubs got this brand new Corvette, and we're we're along 13th going to the airport 13th Road or something like that. Not a nice spot. And anyway, red light, car pulls in front of him. It happened like this. It was like this. Car pulls in front of Dubs. Another one behind him. Another one comes to the side. There's like 10, 12 guys in all these cars. And I can see all I can remember seeing like the guy had um combat boots on and he gets out of his car and he's coming towards this this corvette that i'm in in the passenger side they blocked the sins we couldn't move yeah and i get i hit the guy with the left not very smart not a very smart move by me but i knew i, I knew we were in trouble so i'm going down and dutch pulls the keys out of the ignition to get involved in the scrap with these guys there's like eight nine ten i i didn't take count and all of a sudden dutch says let you get back in the car because they're, they're emptying the car. This is a carjacking right right in front of him. Some lady was screaming on the streets. I felt something nick me over the head. They had one guy down. And it was a, it turned out to be a whiskey bottle. We get in the car. Dutch, brand new Corvette, can't find ignition. Because he's never driven the car before. Talk about a horror of horrors. Wow. He's trying, I said, well, let's get going. The guy's got a whiskey bottle trying to jab in my face. And I, I got to like, fight for my life. And and the stewardess is anyways, Duds gets the car going. Now Duds is certified tough guy. He just is yeah. a tough, tough man. So yeah. he's yelling, he does his three cars change since Duds goes, Come on, boys, come on, come on, just follow us. And I'm going, Oh no, this is gonna be bad because our plane's gonna empty and there's gonna be nothing left of these guys. There's gonna be there's gonna be legs and timber all over the place. It's not gonna be pretty. Duds is now saying, "Come on, boys! You go. You want to. You want to. You want to be. You want to act like that." I think they thought we were yeah. real estate salesmen, but in any which way, uh, 
Dad is in the car and we're driving, probably going 100 miles an hour. Dad goes, Leslie, I am so sorry. I go, for what? He goes, the guy broke a 40 ounce over the back of your head. Did you not feel it? And I went, what? And it had a beautiful vest on. That's what I remember was. And I could feel the blood just coming down. You know, the warm blood. Oh, yeah. coming down. And I could feel it dripping into my my beautiful um, vest that I had. Now I get mad because I not that I feel it, but <laughs> an hour to pick pull the, the glass. And now the best thing is we go to Kansas City. That's where we're going to Kansas City. Get in the hotel room. I don't I don't think any of I washed it a little bit, put my head on the pillow, but it was bleeding during the night. Go in the morning, skate. They think the, the hotel calls police. They thought a murder had taken place in the room. There was so much wow. blood. Yeah, that, that was that was my wife found out about that's my kids' hockey team in Detroit. I didn't tell her. I, she's going to go crazy on me. She goes, are you crazy? Getting out of your car on 13th Road? Are you crazy? Something, like, guaranteed four or five of those guys had shivs or knives. And that would have been the end of Ludsey. And probably Duds. Yeah. Wow. That Now, that's a story, Luds. Holy, buddy. Well, man, we were lucky. And I give Duds credit for getting it. Like, he had to, he had to take a piece of it. Like, he, he, a Corvette. Not supposed to jump over islands of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Man, and that, then I was looking at his face. He was, he was so mad. He was so mad. But him and I had we, Duds and I, probably the probably the closest relationship of any coach and GM. And it's too bad that it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. But we're still best friends, and we still talk. And uh, just a just a great guy. And we had we had a lot of fun. Uh, we, uh, talking about him, Dave Schultz, and, and was my assistant coach one year. I was in the back seat of a car. I mean, they want to go to a game in Hamilton to watch the the, uh, the NHL team, the American League team play. Dave Schultz in the passenger side, Rick Dudley driving, Steve Ludzik nice and calmly in the back seat. Some guy tried to steal the last parking spot on Duds. Duds <laughs> and Duds he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't scream. He's like this when he talks. <laughs> and this guy, yeah, this guy pulls into the into his parking spot. And Duds gets out of the gets his head out. The, and Dave Schultz now. Schultz he sticks his head in. Are you crazy? You want? <laughs> and I'm nice and cool and calm in the back seat. Eh? The guy just about shit himself when he saw it was Rick Dudley and Dave Schultz screaming at him through the car car door. I think car anybody window. would be shitting themselves. Oh my goodness me! And I'm the, I'm in the back going. Can you guys not go anywhere with causing any trouble? Stay <laughs> back here. And and uh, but we we. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot, a lot. Duds and I probably had the best relationship of any uh, coach and gym that I ever, I ever saw. I know, and he lives to this day in Lewiston, so it's very easy to talk to him and see. And especially times, you know, you you really know who your best friends are when times are tough, eh? You know. Yes. That. Oh yes. Well, tough times don't last but tough guys do and it seems that the tough guy friends they do yeah. too absolutely you know what sheriff and i want to you know my wife wanted me and i'm going to tell you how much of an impression you left on my wife she said make sure you thank him for constantly calling and checking up on you because you didn't have to do that and uh, you know when i went in for that liver operation it's 12 hours and uh, that's that's quite an operation and my I wife said, imagine. my wife said to me, she goes, I, I'd never seen you so calm, relaxed. And then, and I said, yeah, that's the drugs they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> I had, hey, I, man. I felt, I felt all the, the, the great friends I've made in, in, in this game and, and throughout life. And, 
and uh, and you're one of them. And I want to make sure you know that my wife, she didn't say, she said to me, because make sure you tell them thanks very much. It meant a lot to our family. Well, no, and and that's no problem. And you could you could throw right back at her to thank her for for being so kind and and welcoming when I when yeah. I met her when at the at the golf tournament. Like I I felt so comfortable, Ludzi. I felt so welcome. I was I was very nervous just because I like I haven't really been around the hockey guys that much lately, and I just started doing this again, right? And man, I I I, I like the the part of my heart filled because what I've been missing was fulfilled. I have to be around hockey guys. I have to be involved with things. And you know what, Sheriff? We get together, Niagara Falls guys. There's about four or five of us, and um. And we just sit there and because our, our lingo's we got a different lingo. What we think, I remember my wife saying, he goes, what you think is funny and what the average guy thinks is is sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, <laughs> be right. But we have a little bit of cruder sense of humor. I understand that. Um, we have great admiration for people that work hard and, 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 and strive to do stuff. I, I still say the greatest ambassador of the game, the two of the greatest ambassadors of the game are Bobby Hull and Wayne Gretzky. You think of your, your great, greatest player of all time, Wayne Gretzky, and he's of the type of man that we have. I mean, he was brought up right. He was brought up really, really, really well. And I, I, got, I knew his dad very well, Walter, because of the Parkinson's. He did a lot of stuff with our foundation and just uh, – just a, just, a, just a delight to be around. Now, you said it right there, Ludzig Foundation. I'd really like to speak about the Steve Ludzig Foundation. Yes. Well, well what, happened, what happened for me was I'm not a big um, let, let's do a, a survey kind of crap. Like if, if, I, if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it. That's, I'm going to get it done. I'm, I'm solely focused on that, getting it done. And I, and I went to the to a, a business group of people. And I gave my idea about a, 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 a it's like a Dean Martin celebrity roast, but it was hockey players. These guys kind of looked at each other. And by the time I left the room after half an hour, felt about this big. And the guy goes, this is not for work. Nobody's going to want to watch this. And I went, okay. I met a girl, Sue Danichuk from, um, well, I can't, I can't say her name of her. Uh, Real, real estate. But anyways, I sat on a coffee with her and I mapped it on a, on a, na- on a napkin what I wanted. And she goes, I got it. I know exactly what you want, Lubsy. And um, because of Sue Danichuk, we were able to start off with the, with the Lubsy roast. And I, I'm happy to say we've had 11 so far, 11. And we get, Sheriff, you'll have to see it. We get a thousand people to those dinners. I remember Derek Sanderson came in to be the, the, the guy to be roasting. Derek went, I thought this was like 200 people, like maybe max. I was, I had another 800 onto that. Okay. All, goes, all the money goes to Steve Ludzik Parkinson's Foundation, and it's free for anybody in the Niagara region that has Parkinson's and needs help. And I was the reason I got involved because when I got diagnosed with Parkinson's, the doctor came in, did all kinds of tests on me for about 20, 30 minutes, and turned to me and said, "Young man." I was 39 at the time. She said, young man, you got Parkinson's disease. I just went, wow. I uh, put my head down and walked out, got in my car and had to come back and tell my wife. We decided not to tell the boys anything about it. And that's kind of tough. You got to tell your wife you're not even 40 yet that you got Parkinson's disease. So that's tough. 
And I decided that I was going to let that happen to anybody else if I could help it. So we, the program we have is the best in Canada, and I dare say the best in North America, but I got to be careful with that. So it's, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a foundation. Every cent goes to the Parkinson's foundation. That's, 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 a, that's a prerequisite. So that's what you're supposed to do. And that's what we do. And we have a lot of fun. We raise a lot of money. Yes. Now, let's see. You explained it great, but but we're not we're not just going to pass by it that easy. I want to reiterate a couple things here because of the importance. So now, when you settled back in the Niagara area, Steve Ludzig, you had a vision. You had a vision that you wanted to have a clinic where anybody in the Niagara region could rehab and get help for free. That's now. Right. That doesn't mean that someone from Toronto is turned away, but you wanted to have a program where the community could be served for free to help their situations. Correct? Absolutely. That you know, I couldn't have said it. Actually, you said it better than I could. That's <laughs> so, okay. So now, start, start in 2013. For me. Sorry, Ludzi. I I just want to get it across to the listeners. In 2013. Sure. The doors to the Steve Ludzig PD Rehab Clinic opened their doors at the Hotel Dieu Sauveur Health and Rehab Hospital in St. Catharines. Is that Absolutely. correct? That, everything you said is right on the button, my friend. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we built something special here. I, I never thought, I, trust me, I never thought that I, Steve Ludzig would be involved in anything like this. But certain things, and, and, and I, I, just, I just had a gentleman I talked to today who has Parkinson's, and I said, go get yourself a speed bag and a heavy bag. And he said, why? I go, speed bag, heavy bag. Because the speed bag teaches you to keep your quick twitch fibers. And I'll argue with anybody that that doesn't help. I mean, it helps so many people. There's so many things that can be done. And uh, I plan on, I mean, I, I sure am not going to probably live to see the cure of Parkinson's, but I sure like to see them manage the people that have it and help them out. So if you go to that to my website, you'll get all that information. And we've got a great foundation group of people in the Niagara region that just work, 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 work. And I, I, again, I'm always a, I'm I'm the lucky one. I'm a very lucky man. To be honest with you. Well, I'll tell you what, Ludzi. You may be calling yourself lucky, but you're also inspiring because you're inspiring a lot of people to do for the better good right now. And uh, uh, amongst the likes of the, of Dan Lancioni and others, guys yeah. that I've met personally through when you were talking about the celebrity roast. Now, Ledzi, that's one of a few different things that you guys have created. You guys have the celebrity roast. You have the incredible golf tournament that we've been referring to. You also have the t-shirt drive that yeah. I'm proudly wearing right now, Ludzi Strong t-shirts, right? Yeah, you Ludzie, know what, Ludzie? the guys, that's beautiful, Looks looks it fits perfect too on you. Yeah, must be, I love it. That must be a custom-made t-shirt, right, Sheriff? Yeah, custom-made and everything you guys got for me, right? You know Dan Lancioni, he's just a... He's just a, a, a guy that I'm very fortunate to be friends with. Who, who Hockey players really enjoy him. That's a that's the main thing. He can talk their lingo and, and, you know, if they need a hotel room or stuff like that. He, he looks after all that. 
he, him and his wife do just such a great job. And, and Maureen, I, I get in trouble when I share it when I start thanking people because my mind's moving quicker than I can I can get out of my utterance out of my lips. But um, uh, you know, like it, 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 people enjoy. I, you know what's happened? I've had maybe two guys, maybe two or three, that weren't. Um, you have to be fan friendly. I don't want to have a guy come down to my golf tournament. And act like a big wheel and, and fluff off somebody. Hey, guy, you asked for your autograph, give it to him. Give it to him. That's that's, that's what you're supposed to do, you know. And, and somebody should have taught you that a long time ago. So I, some guys, if once in a while, not very many, because I do my homework. And uh, you know, I, like a guy like Dennis Mrook, this beautiful guy. He'll take he'll take two ten hours if you got to sign stuff or talk to you or talk about his book, Sixty Goals. There's a premier player. Beautiful guy, just a beautiful Mike Palmatier. You can't ask for a nicer guy, Mike. Palmatier. You get a chance, and he and he's open to everybody. He's like, hey, Mike, how are you? You know, and he like he shoots his door around of golf, and and he likes to sit back and sign stuff for everybody. It's it, it's a beautiful, but you know what? Once in a while, there's a one once a, once in a while there's a, a bad egg, and I gotta tell him, hey, it's the last time you're coming. Forget it. Don't throw my name away. I don't. I got nothing to do with you. That's the way it goes. Well, that's that is the way it goes. It comes with the territory. You got to make those hard decisions when you got a tournament in your name, Ludzie. Hey, when I was here's another ironic thing in my life. The first game I went to watch in the National Hockey was Chicago in Toronto versus the Leafs. My dad got me by the Blackhawk dress room and he ripped off the top of the cigarette package and he said, "Go ask Mr. Hall if he can have an autograph. Remember, it's please and thank you." And I went up to Bobby Hall and he signed it and he used his lap of his, of his pads to sign it on to get him a little stability. Never forgot that. I told Bobby Hall that and he went, oh, you were the guy, eh? And <laughs> like he, he did, he's just joking. But he did that to a million kids. And I just want to say, from a, if he hadn't said, oh, get out of here, scoot, move, that may have killed my thoughts of ever playing hockey. Just that, 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 that type of talk. Bobby Hall, one of the greatest ambassadors of the game that ever, that ever, and 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 I've had nothing but great experiences with Bobby. So, that's all I can say. Yeah, that and that's a beautiful thing, buddy. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. Take now, your time. What I don't like too, sheriff. I'm going to say this: is what I, 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 you know, it, Parkinson's has robbed me of, of of a few things. One is I had a very nice signature, and part of the thing is with Parkinson's, your your writing gets very choppy and very hard for even me sometimes to read it. Hey, you're a healthy guy. You play in the National Hockey League. Some guy, some kid wants your autograph. Sign the damn thing. Don't just put a little scribble or a line, and somebody's got to put your number on the back end so we know who it is. You see, you see Don Cherry's, you see Don Cherry's autograph. You see Gordy Howe's autograph. How beautiful Bobby Hall's autograph. See how beautiful it is. It, it's legible. That's the words for the day. Legible. Why legible. Do, why do some guys just go like this and then hope that you know who? What is this? Are you kidding me? Take the time. Somebody had told you when you were in grade two that somebody would ask you for your autograph. She goes, well, really? Somebody would ask me? Well, somebody is asking you for your autograph, so take the time to do it. Please. Thank you. I Yeah, I agree 100%, Ludzie. Thanks thanks for pointing that out, man, because it's so true. It's so very true. But you know what else is so very true, buddy? In the past eight years, the Steve Ludzik Foundation has raised $1 million. Isn't that beautiful? 
It's a testament to the Niagara region, Sheriff, and um, it's uh, it's a lot of work by uh, by our by our people. We, we had you know we had one interesting thing for a couple of years, a golf ball, a, a, I'm sorry, a helicopter. People would put their number on a golf ball, pay for the golf ball, and the, the, it would drop at the golf course the closest to the hole won twenty thousand dollars. I'm sorry, ten thousand dollars. Man, was that unbelievable to watch. And and it's a couple of people went home happy. I mean, that's a lot of money to win on a, on a golf ball toss. Yes. So it's you got to see it. it, it it's, 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 it's unbelievable. And the lady that runs the golf course has been in a huge background. Hey, I'll tell you how I got to know her. I, she's got a, a, a driving range. And I'm not a great golfer. But when I'm having a bad day with Parkinson's, I'm not good at all. My timing's off and everything. So she says to me, can I ask you a question? I didn't know who she was. She said, you look like you're a pretty good athlete, but she goes, sometimes you hit the ball 250, 260 straight as a line, and other times your ball's all over the place, to left to right. And I told her about the Parkinson's. She immediately became the one who designed that charity Closest thing. Closest to the hole? Pulled close to the hole immediately. She goes, I got a great idea. I'd love to try it with you. And then this, and the rest is history. So I'm fortunate that I live in a great region. And then I've been actually, it's been my hometown. I'm a Toronto guy, born and raised, but I'm a Niagara person. And, yes. and, and that's what I'm known as. And um, I had to laugh. I had, you know, I had to laugh. I saw your interview with Tiger. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I loved it because he goes, uh, what, how do you say? He goes, and I give you credit because Tiger goes, well, I'm friends with all the big boys, uh, Clark, Gilmore, and the guy from St. Catharines. And, and, he, <laughs> and he went, I think you're talking about Steve Lutz. Yeah, that's it, Lutzy. Oh, you're talking about Spider Jones. Spider, yeah, that's it. Yes. Spider Jones. And I, 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 I've had a few banquets with Spider, and he's a, he's a beauty. He's a, he's yes, a perfect, he is. He's a perfect guy for the show. That's what I meant, Spider Jones. Yeah. And, uh, He's really good friends with George Chavallo. I and that's a yes. And, and, and George, unfortunately, is not feeling well right now. But um, I mean, there's a Canadian. I'm a big boxing fan. I got to admit that I'm a big boxing fan. And so when George used to come to our roast, he didn't come last year, and, and I understand why. But um, and that's a legend to me. That's a guy. That's that's a true gutty guy. And he's had some horror, horrific stuff in his life. We all know that about it suicides with his sons and it just did just off he actually when i was in elementary school i think i was in grade four or five he came to my elementary school and, and did a motivational speech and i'll never forget that ludzi like from when i was that age to now like i've been looking up to him you know what i mean well i i you know you look in my basement i've got ali fraser fight number one uh, I'm a huge boxing. It's probably my, my favorite sport. Not not now. I my sons fall. I can't tell you any boxers. I'm from. I'm like the '70s guy. I like Corey Frazier, Ali, Foreman. Yeah. Like like that was when the just fight. like Spider. Yeah, just like Spider. Yeah, you know. And um, like, to think how like I I I, I relish people who want to argue with me that Muhammad Ali is not the greatest athlete, maybe one of the greatest human beings of all time. And I got to tell you a story about my son, my son Ryan, who you know. Yeah. Was um, he's doing a thing, project for school, and I said, "Why don't you do it on Muhammad Ali?" Ryan didn't even know who Muhammad Ali was. He sent the the thing to Ali after he got an A plus on it, 
Ali sent him back a black and white picture, and you could see he's just starting to get the Parkinson's. His signature was wobbly. Okay. But and, and I thought that was unbelievable. And um, to me, Ali is the greatest athlete and uh, one of the greatest human beings of all time. I get I get shook up when I see him. I see he shouldn't have fought his last five fights. Me too. He had Parkinson's. You could see it. If you know what you're looking for, he had Parkinson's last five fights. So how he got through that and eventually it took time, took its toll on him and he's gone. But what a great, what a great, what a great man. And not much more than a boxer. To me, boxing was just part of what he was. It was everything else he did. Well, you know what, Steve, like, I like like it's it's funny that you're that you're explaining Ali like that because when I think of you, right? Obviously you're an NHL guy, right? You're an NHL guy, you're Mr. Chicago Blackhawk. Because I played for the Rochester Americans, you know, I know that Steve Ludzig was the captain of the Rochester Americans at one time, so I kind of think of you like that too. But to be honest with 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 you, Stevie, what I think you're going to be remembered for is what you're doing right in St. Catharines, what you're doing right in the Niagara area, what you're doing with this clinic, what you're doing to help others. That's uh-huh. what Steve Ludzig is. I appreciate it. Thank you for the compliment. Uh, it, hockey gave me the ability to have a platform. So when I said something or I suggested something, I got a little bit – somebody give me their ear. And that's uh, – you know, um, there's no sense having a plane if you don't have landing gear on it. You got to bring those ideas, and you got to bring them into home. So uh, I appreciate that comment more than you know. And um, I, I, I really, I really, um, I really appreciate that. And that's how I feel. Uh, I, I'm just a, kind of a messenger, you know. I and hear I you. Roast, I said, hey, you know what? Don't. Um, and I try to take this in. Don't wait till somebody's sick and dying to tell them how you think of. Tell them before that. It's no good when somebody's passed away saying all these great things at a funeral. Tell them when. Tell them when you're alive. That's right. You know, and I, I, the last few years I've done that. I say, hey, man, I love you. And it sounds like that's crazy, but, you know, that's the way it is. And, and uh, uh, that's, um, that's, that's, that's the way I like life. And, and I, uh, and I believe that the, you get more out of it, the more you share, the more you share, the, the, the more you get. So. That's right, buddy. And, and and the biggest thing, as 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 you know, is you get treated the way that you treat others. And Lindsay, because you treat people so well, man, that's why you get it back, my man. Well, I can use you as my PR man next uh, next press press conference. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to do your show, and um, I hope it's not the last time I do it. You're welcome in the Lindsay. Lugsy's home. Anytime you're you're in the area, you call me. I can't have a I can't have alcohol with you, but I'll have a coffee now. This is- I'm not a, I'm not a I'm not a big drinker, buddy. So I'll, I'll love to have a coffee with you. And and let's see. I'm gonna put you on the spot right now. I'm putting you on the spot because we're still we're still in the show. I want to know if Steve Ludzig's gonna come back for a part two. For for the sheriff podcast. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you can <laughs> you can chisel me, and I uh, I I you know what I I enjoy people that that uh, you know when you if if you don't have dreams you don't have wings you cannot fly, 
you're grounded. If you don't have dreams, you cannot fly, you're grounded. And I believe that 100%. I believe that once you lose that, like I was kind of excited. I, 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 I straightened my bar up here down in my basement with all my hockey paraphernalia. I go, you only see just a little bit of it. It's too bad. But hey Amen. I see a lot. I see uh, a lot, man. I know you probably have more, but I see a lot, Ludzi. It's awesome. Yeah, and and and, my, and, and I, I enjoy it. And I have a wall of hockey, my hockey Hall of Fame, Ludzi Hall of Fame, which I these are guys that I know and I love. And I'd love a picture of you to put up with these guys, Bobby Mano, guys like that, um, you know, Paul Coffey. Just, and, you know, that's got nothing to do with being a hockey player. It's got to be a, a, a really good person that I just happen to get to know. And I love well, that. And I love that spot in my bar. And, it, and <laughs> it's a nice spot to be. Awesome, buddy. And that's an honor. I'm going to get you a picture ASAP because I want on that wall. <laughs> ASAP. I wanted to make sure before I go, I, I, um, I wanted to pay tribute to the doctors and the nurses at um, Toronto General. Hospital. God bless them. I really, um, I don't know. Uh, I've been uh, five and a half months uh, for the liver transplant, and um, I'm a survivor. And I want to thank all the people out there that sent messages to me, sent me their best wishes and love. But I want to make sure the people at Toronto, what, Toronto General know how much, you know, the one doctor said to me, he goes, boy, you're really irritated to get back and doing stuff. And I said, hey, I got more stuff I got to do. I'm not finished yet. That's I'm right. not that. I got to get going. I can't sit around. But unfortunately, the, uh, you know, I've been living with the the liver thing for. Well, I was diagnosed. I should have been diagnosed when I was playing in Chicago. They just let it go. Really? That's a that's the truth right there. And uh, okay. it caused so much serious damage over the years. I eventually need a new liver. Like people hear liver transplant, and they go, "Was he a drinker?" Well, I, once in a while I drink, but I, I was an alcoholic. And 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 um, never had an alcohol problem in my life, but uh, the other organs like the heart and the kidneys and the bladder were working extra hard because they knew the liver was fu- not functioning properly. And I I I um I I want to say thanks again to that hospital. The doctors were fantastic. I I I, I uh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed uh, and lucky. And it's those are two good things to have. You're blessed and you're lucky. That's that's damn good. Well, I'm really happy that that you said that, Ludzi, because man, they obviously did it did the job for you, right? Like they worked, they worked. And I wasn't the easiest patient because uh, <laughs> they, the first they the first couple when I, when I had my when I woke up after the operation, the doctor said stand there and he went, uh, "Congratulations, Mr. Ludzi, uh, you kept four of our security guards off balance for two hours." <laughs> And we shot you three times with with um, sedatives that, that would have knocked a rhinoceros, and you still are going. But I had a bad there you go. I had a bad reaction to some of the medication, and it's unfortunate. But I said I was sorry. I'm <laughs> 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 sorry, and and I gotta give a lot of love to the nurses. Man, nurses are so so. I mean, they were so good to me there, and and um, I'll never forget them. And and. Uh, 
again, I want to thank you. I'm not waxing apples. That's not a good that's not a good thing for Ludzi to do. But um, my family, my wife and Steve Ludzik, thank you very much for this time to get on the air and talk to people and for your concern while I was that uh, basically fighting for my life for five. You know, I, I, I thought I was in the hospital for maybe a week. My son said, Dad, you're in there for six weeks. <laughs> wow. I had no I had no idea the time frame. Isn't that scary? He just lost five weeks there somewhere along the way. That's that's scary. Yeah. That's really scary. But thank Ludzi. you. Yes. You're a survivor. You're Ludzi strong. And you make the rest of us strong, my man. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, Ludzi strong, I got that up on the side here, baby. And and um and and, and I appreciate your help with the t-shirts. Those those went unbelievable. And uh, it, if anybody anybody wants to get a hold of Ludzi, get me at Ludzi.com. Yes. And, um, and and the website, Steve Ludzik Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, and Steve it, dot com. Yes. The, the Steve Ludzik Foundation. I think that's that the Steve Ludzik Foundation dot org. Put the okay. Order. It's gonna yeah. So type in Steve Ludzik Foundation, and we're getting the links. We're we're getting the links as far as the celebrity roast. The golf yep. tournament, the T-shirt drive, the closest to the pin—is anything coming up soon, Ludzi, that people can support? Um, I, I think we're going to make a decision. What's what? What things we're going to do? Probably just you know what, sheriff. Just with my health, just getting back, and and I'm having, still having trouble with my legs, with fluid in them, and and uh, it, it's one step at a time. Yeah, exactly. And 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 Dan Lancione and Maureen and that they're they're really want to make sure that I'm. A hundred percent until they get going, and fair enough. Yeah, I, I that. Um, but you know who Ludzi will be calling? Be calling the sheriff when we do have our first thing. And I, I want to tell you, I love you. I love what you do. What you do on the air, and I and I I love your personality, and I, I love the fact that you're a hockey guy and you never forgot. And I want you to check out the Steve Ludzik, Rudy Polchak story in Binghamton, New York. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard about that one, but that's a great story. <laughs> you know what? Ludzi, I swear to God, I was going to say, to lighten things up a little bit, tell me about this Rudy Polchak cross-check story <laughs> when you were playing for the Rochester Amherst. I got to hear that before we go, buddy. Okay, this will be the last one. Rudy Polchak was a tough guy. He was like Legendary AHL tough guy. Tough guy, yeah, Leatherface they call him because you never got cut. But I, yeah, I, I with a broker, working at the New York, which is a small band box, and and Rudy Polchuk's going around at the, the, it's we're doing the warm up where you go with the red line, dump it in, break out, regroup, and come in. The old, the old, the old breakout drill, right? And he's kicking feet from under the guy's legs, like the line look like like ten pin falling. Yeah. So he comes, I, I, I know he's coming towards me, and I act like I don't see him, and I turn and I shish kebab him. I thought I was going to spear him, to be honest with you. Now you remember, I don't give a damn. Somebody's going to say, well, you're a stick man. Yeah, you guess what? When a 250-pound monster's coming after you, <laughs> you better stay quick on your feet. Name Leatherface. Yeah, yeah. So when I clip him one, but I meant to kid him in the stomach, but he was being a smartass, and he's bent down. So it caught him in the face. And there's actual Ooh. film. You can watch it now. It was, it was banned. 
for the longest time, somebody found it. And um, the it video. Well, I thought it was, but what happened was uh, Mitch Moy, who was a tough guy on our team, went, jumped in and hit him like five times, and this guy didn't even move. And they had Pete Ferentino, Dennis Vial, uh, Ty Domi. Ty Domi was itching. I could hear him. The, 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 this was a warm up. Did I tell you that? It was a warm up. So what? This was against. against... In their shoes. So this breaks out. This, this breaks out. They finally, the one linesman, he, Polchuk was trying to get hold of me, missed me with a shot, hit the linesman in the face, knocked the guy unconscious. He went, he started, started shaking and quivering. He went into convulsions on the ice. Oh. He's right. Did you imagine these referees trying to hold Polchuk back with their, with their mucklucks on? No chance. <laughs> right? So they get me off. They get him off. The doctor gets sewn his, he got 40 stitches in the middle of his forehead. And he's getting stitched up. Trainer comes in, he goes, Ludzik, come back on the ice, which I did. I thought I heard a, a, a crowd going crazy, so I came back on the ice. He sees me, and like a bull, he comes running from the end of the Binghamton bench. Yeah. Standing. And I got lucky as I can remember. I kind of threw a Bruce Lee hip toss at him and used his weight against him. He's too strong for Steve Ludzik. He, I had him down, and he just went like, lifted me up. And then he went ballistic. I had no idea how that how that 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 fight ended, or how the how that all that ended. But I know our bus driver's name was Old Bill, and and he was in there. There's me and David Sajo, who's now part of the Seattle Hockey Club. And 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 any which way, I said, hand me that ice pick. And Bill says, what? I said, hand me that ice pick, because if that pochuk is coming back. And he comes in this room. He's not coming to wish me Merry Christmas. He's coming for he's coming for blood. Yeah. Bill says to me, he goes, Don't worry, I got my I got the gun, but I don't have any bullets. And I went, No bullets? What the hell use is that? A gun with no bullets. I said, We're I said, we're we're like this. But anyway, which way? Now, fast forward it. I'm coaching Tampa Bay. Rudy's trying out for the team. He cut he had a great sense of humor. He saddles up right beside me, looks at me square in the head, he goes, Hey Ludzi, you want to finish that boat? And I looked at this, I, I, the way he was talking, I could see a scar still in his face, a big, huge, 40 stitches, right? And he was a, just, my heart broke when we had to cut him. Heart broke for the guy. He couldn't play anymore. He he done his, He was an old guard, and he never held any. He, he goes, I know, I, I, he goes, I was a little bit out of, out of, out of uh, off my line. He, he tried making excuses for slipping the, the sloop foot on guys. I said, ah, that's not going to work. But he was a great guy. And, and uh, you know, um, probably something that I don't want to be remembered for, but that's what happened. And it was an ugly night. But the clutch line was a bu the bus driver said, I got my old Bill. And he said, uh, oh, I've got my gun, lunch. don't worry, but I don't have any bullets. Don't have any bullets? <laughs> the hell is that going to do for us down Yeah. Here? But Rudy did get some NHL time, though, right? Let's see. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he was a monster. Like, like this, <clears throat> you know what? He was a he was a big, big, strong, powerful man. And and uh, uh, that, that's all I can say. That's all I'm yeah. gonna say. Because Rob Ray, yeah, Razor had some good fights against him. And I, you know what I mean? I've seen, like, I've seen that. But yeah, man, I I appreciate that story, buddy. I I I heard there was a really good one with Poshek, and I, I I had to ask you, so I'm really really glad that you brought that up, brother. Man, let's see, like this this has been um 
quite the ride for me the last couple hours. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. This is this has been different than any other episode that I've ever done. I'm so grateful to have done this. And man, I've learned even more about you. I thought I knew a lot about Steve Ludzik, but now I know a lot more. And I'm glad that the listeners were able to hear and get this type of insight, buddy, because you are one of a kind, my friend. Thank you. And I diddle back to you in this. Uh, you call me anytime you want to you want to chit chat. And then you're in the area. Look up Ludzi. Love you. I definitely will, Ludzi. And I, I want to thank the fans for t- or the listeners I should call you for tuning in to another episode of The Sheriff featuring special guest, Mr. Steve Ludzig. First interview back, and I'm just loving it and honored. Thank you so much, Ludzig. We're going to sign out right now. Woo!